And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Well, 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 welcome to episode 49 of Down on the Docks. That's right, everybody. My name's Chris Neff, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and producing partner, Dave Sarah. How are you, buddy? Hello. That's what we like to hear. Uh, coming off a back-to-back banger, little uh, yeah, bangaroo, little dude. Sail in the high seas, <laughs> the fucking <laughs> Madagascar. Thank you, retard sexual blowtorch sixty-eight Best in for, the business. for your amazing meme. I'm gonna of, send you. I'm trying to send you money, but I have to like hey. fly out of to send a drone to this address, and then somebody knocks on the door, and somebody behind you answers. I'm like, dude, can I just give you RSB Amazon protects his anonymity dude, for a reason. The biggest. So, um, guys, em. if you're just joining us, um, Dave, what's this podcast for? Porn. <laughs> this podcast is not for porn, although we did do an episode on porn. If you're just joining us, Down on the Docks is a uh, podcast where I discuss uh, my favorite documentaries and uh, Dave Sarah listens to them, mm-hmm. decides if he might want to watch one. With bated breath. And, and occasionally drops the amazing or equally awful bad joke. Right. That's why we're here. One star or five star. So that's what we do. So if you're just finding us, uh, please add us on your social media platforms of choice. Twitter, down on the docks. Instagram, yep. down on the docks pod. Mm-hmm. Soon to be threads. And we will be on threads shortly. And uh, of course, uh, if you need to send us a direct email, it's down on the docks at gmail.com. Correct. We like your emails because they we help do. us select future documentaries. And build our email list. Exactly. For any new for any um announcements that might be coming. Like your pyramid in the future. Scheme. No, what? Um, it's not my, it's our pyramids. Guys, we love more than anything is a nice review from us. Yes. I know it's a pain in the butt. Please go to Tell Apple. Tell me how much you hate me. Please go to Apple and leave us a five-star review and uh, drop in some words of uh, encouragement. Special shout out this week to uh, Grant Mastercraft for your support. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the encouragement you sent me directly into my inbox Damn at right. Horsetooth on and Instagram. And I get them too in my inbox because everything you, you send to Chris, he sends to me. That's right. So, uh, of course, this podcast, as we say a lot, not everything doesn't run. I don't get the dick pics. <laughs> this podcast doesn't run on giggles and children's laughter. What? We have to uh, rely on support from our sponsors. Dave, oh, would you yes. like to tell our listeners who this week's episode is sponsored by? This week's episode of Down on the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur Anthony Bird. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one, Broccoli Farms. Are you sure it's not cannabis industry as four, maybe? The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention, we got to change that to a decade pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Be sure to mention Down on the Docks podcast for 15% off your next order, along with first-time patient gifts and rewards. Fuck that pussy. 
Check them out today on Instagram at Broccoli Farm 619 and Daves.Sarah. Well, Dave. Yes. Are you ready to get into it? Broccoli Farms. You ready? I'm ready to get into it, baby. Well, we've been on a downer streak. We've had the Sueys. You know, which I think have been taking yeah, its toll dude. on you. No more sueys this week. That's like four weeks of sueys, basically. No sueys this week. We're going to have some fun this and week. we don't mean the Swiss, but also fuck I mean, the Swiss. Yeah, of course. Uh, you impartial bastards and hoarders of Nazi gold. Um, wow. What? That's 100% true. I know it is. That's why all this woke shit starting in Germany, but that's my podcast for another day. Okay. Plug your podcast if you want to. Well, I have a fake podcast called The DGen Den, but um, my computer comes next week, and you better fucking believe, dude, I'm going to be on there. Okay. Um, DGen Den. This is a fun one. Okay. Do you ever play uh, video games? Of course oh, you do. You <laughs> your master video. I just bought a $2,000 computer to play video games. Okay. And show the world how bad I am. Do you play vintage arcade games? All the time. You're going to love today's show. Guys, this week's show is called The King of Kong. Oh, I might have seen this one. You have? Possibly. This is this the first documentary you've seen? That we've, yes, possibly. Came out in 2007? Yeah, 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 yeah. Subtitled. Wow, it's been a while since I've seen it. Subtitled A Fistful of Quarters? Yep, yep, yep. Directed by Seth Gordon. This is the one. Starring Billy Mitchell. This is the one. You've seen this? I've seen this one. Okay. But I, it's okay. It's good. Well, that's That'll be fine. Do you remember what Billy Mitchell looks like? Yeah. yeah no. Describe it to me. Okay. So we open on Billy. Yeah. Billy. Because um, I get him and the other guy, the Pac-Man guy confused. Uh, Billy is the Pac-Man guy Is it well. though? Yes. Okay. The long haired dude then? Yes. With the tight jeans? Yes. And the kind of buff though? He's like not. His, no, he's like an 80s buff. Remember, like those, your brothers or sisters? Here's the thing. Mm, some certain sisters. You like my hair, right? Okay. A lot of people love my hair. I love hair. pulling it from Billy, fucking you from behind. <laughs> Billy's hair is a little too much. It's all. It's pretty much Billy. one length, but it's to his shooters. Okay. But you can tell. I remember. It's kind of dirty mooses, too. Yeah, He's and he mooses it. Yeah, he mooses it. I'm natural with my hair. Yeah, no moose for you. So you know, he always wears a tie. And we open on him in the back of a kitchen. Oh, I remember his multiple Pac-Man ties. Well, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. He wears the flare, Billy does. But we open on him, and he's in the back of a kitchen. And it's not just any kitchen. It's obviously his kitchen. Okay. okay. How, I don't how, mean it is home. It's it, like a restaurant kitchen. Oh, I see. And but he, he seems natural there is what oh, you're saying. Oh, yes. He's very just like, just like at the knob. I'm going to tip it a little bit. Do, do, owns, do, do, do. Dude, I mean. <laughs> he owns a restaurant called Ricky's. It's a family it, restaurant and he inherited. Oh. And they specialize in hot wings. And of course, Sick. their own line of hot wings called Is, what? Uh, ghost pepper. Ricky's. Ghost something. Oh, Ricky's. I thought maybe something with the ghosts and the Pac Man or something. No, that's a good guess, though. Okay. Well, Billy says there will always be the argument. I'm, am I trying to do his voice? He's mm, a little monotone, though. He's like, there will always be the argument that video. I'm not going to do his voice. Good. That's there, good. There will always be the argument that video games are meant to be played for fun. Yeah. Believe me, some yeah. of it's a lot of fun. It is. Video games are meant to be played at home, mm -hmm. relaxing on a couch, amongst friends, mm -hmm. and they are, and that's fun. But competitive gaming, when you want to attach your name to a world record, when you want your name written into history, you have to pay the price. This is hitting home with me, dude. I'm about to <laughs> fucking tear up right now. I'm like, really? goddamn fucking right. Got to pay the price. Okay. I know a lot. I know a little bit about competitive gaming. Not necessarily in this sense, but I, in a similar notion, even, I mean, uh, I played games like, uh, well, I started playing Quake 3 
I wouldn't call it, it's not even semi-professional. It'd be considered semi-amateur. Yeah. You join some tournaments, maybe win a couple bucks, maybe win a video card. I was doing that, like locally, PC. uh, You're getting out of the house. I was 16, 17, 18, playing Quake all day. don't they play that with a keyboard? Keyboard and mouse. That's why it's very sparse. There's not a lot going on with that. That's why I would try to, you know, travel, whatever. But You would travel? uh, Dude, I To where? Cominia? Like Hemet. Hammett, exactly. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And for for like land parties and stuff Hammett's like that. Hammett's a dirt bowl. But but let me tell you, like, okay, like those those like competitive quake games that I had, you know, those get your fucking juices going, right? They get and your the, juices and, going. And the only you can only feel it, get back to that feeling when you like, you know, when, when you you're get in back the room when with you're competition. Like, when you're like competing, like a semi professional. Anyway, this You're excited. I'm excited because like I play Call of Duty just like casually. Yeah. And then when they came out with ranked Call of Duty, dude. With what Call ranked, of Duty? Ranked, like oh, they came out with it. the ranked mode. Got it. Dude, fucking Warzone now, it drives me crazy, but I'm so fucking competitive just because there's a stupid no, rank. rank. If there was you? no rank mode, I would not care. Okay, but do they rank you or do they rank your squad? Is that what it's called? It's your team? based. It's it's all kind of generated into a thing. Okay, so like if you get into like the top ten rankings, are you making professional money? You probably even it, it, there's a route for you to make professional money. Even I would say, at the very least, in the top two fifty. Okay. Yeah. So who's ranked number one in Call of Duty right now? I think this guy on Warzone, his name is um. Just don't don't fucks. act like you don't remember. No, 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 it, You've no, got a poster of no, him no, no, in your bedroom. What's his I think, fucking I think name? It's, I think it's Soka. Soka. Soka is the one who who technically won the first uh-huh. the first version. What of, about uh, Fatality? Rank. Isn't he a big Bro, one? Bro, Fatality is my homie, Jonathan Fatality Wendell. Oh come on! We played Quake not, together for years. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Doesn't mean he's your follows friend. Follows me on Twitter. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't follow me on Twitter. Uh, but see, I follow I him on Twitter. Lying. Yeah, but he's retweeted me before. No, I he know he hasn't. He hasn't retweeted. He's responded Can you to tell the truth res- about anything. He's responded to some of my tweets. No, he has. Yes, he has. Right. Yes, he has. We'll yes, see has. about that, guys. If you're listening and you actually care, uh, dig through Dave's tweets uh, and private, prove it because okay. I don't believe it. Oh, they're private. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we can't find. No, no, you can't find it if you follow me. But I am private. Right okay, now. like you follow me, you can All find. Right. You can see. Let's the twelve-time FPS champ, Jonathan Fatality Wendell. All right, let's get back to this fucking thing. So we also meet a gentleman by the name of Steve Weeby. The well, Weebs. The Weeby is in a, a high school classroom, and he says, with this, it's just like me and the machine. I can, it doesn't matter if you, if you let me down or if someone else doesn't come through, I can always go out there. I'm in control. Well, next we see a, a title come up, and it's a quote by the great William uh, Burroughs. You know who that is? Willie Burroughs. <laughs> Shit. Which one? Which one is he? Uh, he wrote some pretty big books like yeah. Naked Lunch, okay. my personal favorite, Junkie. Okay. Love doing heroin. Goodbye. Okay. Nope, never heard of these uh, American classics. Okay, I don't think I learned that one. I, I've only read books that school has made you read. Yeah, and rest like. Let's so like, you read To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, not not that one, but like Catcher in the Rye, which, catch- which we came to realize that like I didn't really Catcher remember in too the much. Rye. They let you read that in high school? Yeah, man. We were banned in uh, the early days. Maybe I'm just thinking of the movie Conspiracy and what the book that I'm I don't think you've ever read, period. No, I've read. I'm a reader. Let's get get to the Burroughs quote. Yeah, let's get back. This is a war universe. War all the time. There may be other universes, but ours seems to be based on war and games. Well, it's time to meet a fellow. Damn, it's pretty insightful, actually. It, It is. 
It's time to meet a fellow nerd gamer by the name uh, of Mar. Oh, I some are not. Just joking. So I have to. <laughs> just I wrote joking. this for myself. <laughs> so like I, I gave a fuck. This guy's name is Mark Alp Alpager, and he says, "I'm glad to touch on this. Do we have enough tape? This is important. Everybody, even Grandma, games meaning checkers, cards. If not now, in the past, show me even a freaking nun or hermit who hasn't played cards or checkers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we see. I used to do it. It was my grandma. I'm sure. Fucking pinnacle, dude. See another gamer. He's on the spectrum for sure. He's like, I, 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 I don't drink. I, I, I don't smoke. Oh boy. I don't do drugs. I play video games, which I think is a far superior addiction than any of those other ones. Mm -hmm. um, yes, sir. Next up, do you do you know that they have judges for these contests? I would imagine. Okay, that well, the judge... It's not like crazy, this, obviously. The main judge, he's dressed like a footlocker. Let me just referee. explain something to you. Yeah, All competitions require judges. <laughs> With video games? I didn't uh, know yeah, this. I mean, I guess you're technically right. You can, ha you can have... a. am sure in some <laughs> of these things, you can have judge-player hybrids where the judges are also playing. So, like, if it's, like, a not a thing that's super professionally done, but it's yeah. kind of put together by a host... Then the host can play, but also be the judge if he has to. Okay, well, that kind of describes Walter Day perfectly. Okay, perfectly. That's how so I figured it. Okay. He's the founder of Twin Galaxies. There you go. Do you know what Twin Galaxies is? Of course. Is? What is it? It's an arcade out in fucking the desert somewhere. Ottumwa, Iowa. Not the desert. Whatever. In the flat ass fucking part of the country. Well, he is the world's. Uh, the, we talked about this. We talked right, about this. Man place. versus Snake. Yeah. yeah. That was episode uh, not I remember eight or it was nine. in India. Okay, go Indiana. It's not in India. Indiana, Indiana. Well, anyway, Walter takes his job very seriously. He wears, he looks like a Foot Locker employee. He wears the referee <laughs> outfit. I never, yeah. You're right. Most Foot Locker employees are pretty, like, they serious like, yeah. about their fucking shoes, dude. Well, he says, I wanted to be a hero. I wanted to be the center of attention. I wanted the glory. I wanted the fame. I wanted the pretty girls to come at me and say, hi. I see that you're good at centipede. Mm -hmm. So is this you when you're growing up? No, I but wasn't Quake, like. No. Did you think you were gonna get puss? No, high scoring on Quake. No, but there was times where I was dating and it was like you know I had Quake. I had to not fuck my girlfriend to play Quake. Really happened quite a few times. You chose Quake. Over not a that I chose it, but I I had a. It's called an addiction. I, not an addiction. I had a. Uh, what's the word when you have a session? Like, oh no. Um, when you've would commit out of had a commitment yeah. to do these matches we have uh -huh. you're doing these ladders and these tournaments and stuff yeah. con they're constantly going you, you get, chose and like working out she, one day a week with a woman literally like we have scrimmages during the week but like you scrimmage you oh, practice doggy we met we all met we played together we went to lands we tried to make some money out of it didn't really it, this was too this was just before like no i would say 10 years before anybody ever made money on Did Twitch or anything. Did you smoke crack before today's episode? No, this dude. Just I'm just super topic. amped about the competitive, the mindset of the video okay. game. Because it was dormant. Within, like I, I wasn't playing any video games forever. Uh -huh. And then Warzone Ranked came out and I just... Warzone like, what? Ro Warzone Ranked Mode. Uh -huh. The ranked mode of a game that I was playing casually uh -huh. now became so much more interesting uh -huh. because there was What's a ranked... What's your ranked mode on having sex with women? Well, I mean, we could talk about it. We don't have to get into that. Okay. I mean, we're talking about fucking video gaming. Can here. I get back to it? Sure. Okay. Well, Billy says, I had someone draw an analogy for me once that I always remember. The top French pilot in World War I shot down 24 enemy planes. The top American pilot, you don't know his name, do you? 
Nobody does. But it's Eddie Rickenbacker. Wow. Shot down 26 planes. The German ace, the Red Baron, everybody knows who the Red Baron is because he shot down 87 enemy planes. I mean, he was the best. There's just there, there is a level of difference between people and it translates into some games. There you go. That's like a Counter Strike reference. It's a good one. That's like the guy. That's not a Counter Strike reference. It is because this is before Counter Strike. No, No, I understand that, but it's similar to one which is. The best player in Counter-Strike can uh-huh. do awesome on the team and have the most kills, and uh-huh. the team may lose. But that guy will forever be known as a sick-ass fucking gadoosh. Okay. Yeah. Fucking gadoosh. Let's meet Steve Sanders. Okay. He's a lawyer. Can we pause this so I can just like, fucking go play Quake right now? <laughs> no, I'm so amped right now. We can't. We're going to meet lawyer Steve Sanders. He is the author of Master's Guide to Donkey Kong. He says, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man... Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, and Defender. These are the games that caught the public eye. These are the games people cared about. So if you want to be known as world-class, you got to master one of those games. So we learn the top five games of all time. Do you have any guesses on what they are? I mean, we're talking about arcade games. Top five arcade games of all time. All time. All right, I'm going to go Pac-Man. Correct. Number one? It's they don't do it. Okay, like okay, that. okay. I'm gonna go Galaga. Yep. I'm gonna go Donkey Kong. Yep. You got two more. I'm gonna go fuck. What's that other one? Centipede, I guess. That's a good guess, but no. no. Damn it. Mrs. Pac-Man? Yes. Wow. You got one more. Well, you just said them all five, I feel like. Well, that was that was a trick yeah, question. Yeah. yeah. And that the last Defender. one. Defender. Okay, so Defender's like the Michel Miss. Missile control one? No, no, no. Uh, that's missile, missile. That's missile, missile control. control. We're gonna get into dude. that. There's a whole section Ooh, on missile control. I dude, that's one of my shit. Defender was my game. What was Defender? You were in this little space shuttle, space thing, and then you just shot stuff all mm-hmm. the way in, in in the screen, and you got power ups, and it was the best. Oh, you got to move your little guy around. It was a spaceship, but yeah. Oh, so it was like Galica or whatever. Yeah, Except but it was horizontal. Don't... Oh, horizons, yeah. dude! The fucking horizons. Well, I got a I side scroller. We call him in the biz. Is, <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, next up, we meet a guy named Greg Bond. He is a mappy champion. Now they don't even explain what uh, mappy, mappy mappy is. is had no like idea. But the research department at down on the docks they yes. went deep. Sweeters, good job. Well, he says I like the simplicity of it, and that's what you will probably hear from a lot of people that like retro games. That's the simplicity. Well, like I said, I never heard of Mappy. Mappy. So according uh, to my sources, Mappy is an arcade game by Namco. Okay. Um, and year? What's that? What year? 83. Nice. The player guides Mappy, the police mouse, through the mansion of the cats called the Meowskis or Mewkies. Uh, this guy's a fucking, in this Japan. guy's a fucking cat homo, right? Love him. To retrieve stolen goods, such as the Mona Lisa or a TV. Hmm. And the player uses a left-right joystick to move Mappy and a single button to operate doors. I wonder the creator of Mappy, what this guy was. I can't believe I've never heard of Mappy. Interesting. Well, Greg Bond, he's the Mappy champ. He's the Mappy champ. Let's get back to Walter Day. Seems like an interesting game. Cool little game. He says, those games challenge eye-hand coordination, mind-body coordination, fast reaction time, and comprehensive thinking on a level that modern games don't. Yo, hold on. Yeah. Eye-hand coordination and mind-body coordination. Same thing, right? Fucking sick. I'm going to go start using mind-body coordination instead, dude. Well, then we meet a gentleman 
this guy's great. His name's Robert uh, uh, Maruzic. He's okay. the chief referee at Twin Galaxies. And he says, memorization and pattern recognition is key. Oh, boy. Well, Walter says, for you to get to a single point further in an old game from the early 80s, it meant a tremendous increase of skill. Now, I can relate to this. Do you can remember you? Back? Yeah. You remember in the day where you play a game and you get three lives? Sure. That was it. Yeah. Then, once they realized they wanted people to keep playing... You could continue the right, game with a quarter and it sure. would keep going. Sure. Well, some of these games don't have that. Sure, of course. So of course, once you're dead, you're dead, dead. you got to start over. Sure. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So Robert says, if you don't know the next pattern coming up in a Tron life cycle event, you oh, will lose boy. your life. This guy's like a fucking bad Chicago cop version of a video gamer. He's great. Well, Walter says, only the diehards who for some reason really love those games continue to stick with them. Well... We're going to see an image of Walter in July 2006. He's wearing his referee jersey, and it fades into an image from November 1982 and then changes into a TV news interview of Walter back in the day. And he says, what we've done is had the mayor tie off the entire street uh, so that Life magazine could come down and photograph the world's greatest video game players. So they show him in the middle of the street in front of his arcade, all the games are out in the middle of the street and they flew in like 16 different kids that had the highest scores on those particular games. So I did a little research. Mm -hmm. This is from the life magazine photo shoot photo shoot. And this is from 82. It has become a 5.7 billion industry and Ottawa, Iowa population, 27,000 and change 85 miles southeast of Des Moines is the unlikely video game capital of the world. Shortly after opening Atumwa's Twin Galaxies arcade a year ago, entrepreneur Walter Day, he was 33 at the time, realized that no one was keeping track of the nation's high scores. To remedy this, he set up a 16 by 18 foot international scoreboard that displays the names in his arcade. And at what year was he doing 82. this? Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. He was all ingenuity. He was also the one-time champ of the game Make Tracks. I never heard of that. Yeah. So at the time, Day was receiving an average of twenty phone calls a day. That feels from, like the, that feels like the guy who goes through like the fucking the stupid the Guinness Book of World Records and sees we're gonna like get some to like that. lame ass shit. We're like, gonna I get can to beat that. that one by one quarter or whatever. We're gonna fuck. get to that. Yeah. So he's getting twenty phone calls a day at the time, and they realized a score must be verified by a letter of proof from the manager of the arcade where the game was played and new stars can be born at any moment. So according to this article, recently 16 of the country's top quote vidiots unquote. I never heard gamers called vidiots. Okay. I think they tried it out and it didn't work for this right. article Sounds converged on a, tw on a Tomwa for three days of fun and games. The group inclu included Ned Troyd, Best known for having played Defender for sixty-two and one half consecutive hours. That seems on a like some like quarter. That seems oh, that's wow, damn. Yeah, sixty-two and a half hours. Which which game? Defender. Oh, Defender. That fucking vidiot sounds like a stupid like like term that like a couple couple people tried to like make cool in the yeah, fucking didn't work. in the eighties and shit. And like oh, look at those stupid vidiots. Well, Ugh. according to this article, the games have their critics. Physicians claim that maneuvering a joystick too many hours can lead to video elbow and arcade, arcade arthritis. Sure. The mental side effects can be 
Fucking the, the claw, dude. You're going to have that. <laughs> I've had the hand claw. Dude, so have I. I have it on my left hand, but though. But not from w- video games. From WASD. I know, from jerking. Yeah. From yerking. Uh, I'm telling actually- you, I woke up when I went back into playing like uh in 2016 2017 when i got my yeah. computer you the ended first up time. on the dl did you doggy i woke up at night and the next morning uh uh my hand was locked in like trigger finger position uh-huh. almost it was nuts yeah, yeah the carpal tons the carps dig <laughs> so, so there's also a quote here by the u.s surgeon general at the time uh, uh c everett coop he says there's nothing constructive in the games everything is kill destroy zap the enemy uh, well, Tempest virtuoso Leo Daniels retorted, I think Coop is a quack. So cool. that was that <laughs> allow was, me. Every time I hear the, anybody use the word retort, you want to say allow me to retort. I'm just saying that I imagine that person either that day or very recently watched Pulp Fiction. Uh, why do they say that? Allow me to retort. Oh, that's right. Sam Jackson. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, there's a reporter on scene, and she says, all these great superstars are coming from North Carolina, California, Canada, and many other different places to be photographed as the official world champions of many different games. Well, remember Steve Sanders, who wrote the book nope. on Donkey Kong? Um, yes, I remember. It was called The Master's Guide to the Donkey very Kong. Very well done. Yeah. I like this new drug you're on. Is it a new strain? <laughs> no, it's just Stricky Strips, dude. Oh, you're on Brock's, Stickies? Brock LaFarm, send them out. Okay. Well, he says the that was the first time two world-class players went head-to-head for a competition was in Life Magazine. Right. Well, Billy says, without a doubt, I met players that were amongst the best in the world and maybe even would say or do whatever they could to make people believe they were the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, Walter says at the time, he was the world record record holder on Centipede. But also at that time, he has the world record on Donkey Kong. He's speaking of Billy Mitchell here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which one is Centipede again? That's the one where there's the trackball okay. and you're at the bottom of the screen okay. and you're shooting okay. at a centipede coming down uh-huh. the screen. Okay. And you have to shoot the mushrooms. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's yeah. like a yeah, slightly different version of Galaga. Galaga. Yeah, close. Yeah, I mean, you know, same, I don't same think concept. you could get your uh, extra shooter on there though. No, I can't get the like, extra shooter. That was the best part of Galaga. Yeah, you had to get captured. You get that? I know, right? So you could get your extra the, shoots. Yeah, dude. Anyway, Walter says, you know, Billy, he's the world record holder on Centipede. Uh, he has the world record for Donkey Kong as well, but. We didn't know that because someone else was invited there from Kansas City who, because of a claim they had made, it was presumed that they were the actual Donkey Kong champion. Oh, we got some Donkey Kong challengers, huh? Well, this I'm was the champ. this was Steve I'm, Sanders. Dude, it must have been a fucking pathetic, right? Like a, nah, I'm the champ. Like This was Steve Sanders. Okay. He says this Donkey Kong was the one that I first lied about. So he lied wow. and said he had this score. And then Billy shows up and says he'd submitted a bogus score. And I find how, how do they know? There was no record keeping back then. Right. Okay. You were so on your so, honor. So, but, but no, no, but okay. Okay. No, yeah. no, no, good. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Well, according to Walter, back then they said you had to get proof from the arcade manager that you fucking got did it, this. got it, got it. Somebody got it. had to vouch for it. Okay. So he probably you faked that. You gotta get fucking vouched, dude. Like, you gotta go take a picture with the Polaroid. <laughs> Correct, back they were the using day. Polaroids. I'm telling you, man. So These Fucking pedophiles still are. Anyway, he, Billy says, I finally sat down to play him. And Steve says, we had not been there long. And Bill said, 
come on, let's play. Yeah. Well, Billy says, I went to that arcade and sat down with Donkey Kong and I mm -hmm. beat him to a pulp. Yep. I remember this. Steve says, well, I was better than the best. I got 200,000 against Bill, but Bill got 800,000 on his first game, on his first man. Yeah. He shellacked me. Shellacked. Well, Billy says, basically, he walked away with his head down and humbled, and that brought him to the truth. And from there, we worked together. Hmm. Steve says... So at the time that they schlacked him, mm -hmm. he doesn't know that he submitted a fake score. No, I don't okay, think he okay, said okay. I faked it. And then what score did... Did he give the scores that they submit yet? Well, Billy got 800,000. No, Steve no, but like, no, but like before. No, like, they didn't say what the numbers and were. That, and that score that they give is what? Their best, highest ever? Yeah, yeah. And at that time, what's Billy's? Um, they don't say right away. Okay, okay, I got it. We'll, go. we'll get into it. We're going to get into the numbers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The numbers so, guy, right? <laughs> numbers guy B. So Steve says, well, the Bible proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Bill made me a better person and did so by basically making me confess. Mm -hmm. Well, Billy says, I pointed out to Steve that he is the person he is today because he came under the wrath of Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell will fuck this guy up. Dude. Billy Mitchell's also speaking in the third person really early yeah, oh, in this I podcast. Do, I remember him doing that. So you know yeah. someone's going to be a douche when they're, when they're third personing. Pretty cringy. Yeah. Well, Walter, he says, in front of the 19 top players in the nation, actually North America, he did the highest Donkey Kong score possible and also found out that the game ends on the 22nd board. Did you know Whoa, this? Oh, I do remember. I mean, I remember some. I remember it being a thing that, like, oh, it ends. Yeah. So we see. A but I figured by that time, when was the game actually made? Do you remember when Donkey Kong was actually made? I was it early eighties. Okay, eighty one or eighty two. I'm guessing. You would think that even by that time and how hardcore they were into it, somebody would have done would it. Would have known. No, that just that they would have known that like it, it's probably like you know like the people who made it probably knew, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, I don't know. Billy, he scored 874,300 points. Okay. So that was the 82 high score that he pulled off. Right. Okay. Cool. So <clears throat> Billy says, since I so-called debuted on the scene at Life Magazine in 82. Oh, excuse me. There hasn't been anybody. I remember this. Who's ever played close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we hear another gamer. He says... Uh, when uh, uh, Billy Mitchell walks into an arcade, you know everything stops. Right. There is electricity around Billy. Everybody wants to crowd around him. Everybody wants to see him. Well, Greg Bond, the map is champion, he says, you know, everything about him is perfect. Oh, my God. Billy's just the person he wants to represent. Mm -hmm. Well, a guy named Zach Hample says, if you could hack into the machine and program itself to play itself, you couldn't even program it that well. Okay. That's how good Billy is. Okay. And Walter says, there is a glamour to Billy. There is a specialness to Billy. This is like, it's funny because this doc is like pre-internet. Oh, pretty, absolutely. Pretty much, you know what I mean? It feels pre-internet, even though it was released in 2006. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, that's essentially like the internet, it didn't, doesn't, it didn't exist like until the social media era. Yeah, really. yeah, 2008. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just a lot of lonely men. Well, he says he was our first great player. Still is a lot of only men, by the way. Steve says, the fact of the matter is Bill is the best classic gamer of our era. 
And Billy says, yeah. it's actually carved a part of my personality. It benefits me every day. I mean, a burning passion never to settle with what I have in my business, in my family. Mm -hmm. That's what competitive gaming has done for me. Right. Well, they show his business. This is the wing restaurant called Ricky's. And, you know, he's always stocking the sauces, Ricky's hot sauce. And then they go in the back room where they count the money of the restaurant. And they're playing video office. games? No, but his dad's sitting there like he's a character from The Sopranos. Oh, great. He's got these dark sunglasses and on. he hates them. And he says, he's Billy a Billy with this fucking games. He's a winner. Oh, okay. Billy Mitchell is an absolute winner. Oh, okay. He's proud of him. That's he's nice. super proud of him. Well, next, Billy gives us a tour of his uh, warehouse, and uh, we get more shots of his Ricky's wing, wing, wing sauce. And he says taking us through the warehouse, it's sort of like being in a maze. Mm -hmm. But everything you see is actually sauce. Okay. The all-around most seasoned person. He's doing this on, pur on purpose, dropping yeah. seasoned in I here. I vaguely remember this. The all-around most seasoned person in although, the hot... <laughs> although now, I, now it's funny because I keep picturing him in my head every time you mention him in mm. an apron. No. But no doesn't he, he, he doesn't he doesn't wear an apron when he's at the no, thing at all. No. Wow. I don't he know, just like has a goofy looking tie, yeah. dark brown, long hair. Yeah. But it's definitely got some product on it. Sure. It flips uh, a little bit at the yeah, end. Yeah. It's got you know flips up it's a little volume. bit. It's got volume. That's the word I'm looking yeah, for. It's yeah. like Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Vidal Sassoon. So he says, you know, Saskies. There's a lot to this business. He says, you know, there's production, there's the preparation when there's. Uh, a sales end of it. There's not somebody who encompasses all of those areas like me that I've ever met. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mark Alpiger, the super nerd, he says he sells his hot sauce. He sells okay. himself. Okay. <laughs> Walter adds... China, it sounds like they're trying to give this documentary volume. Because he's so charming and such a good ambassador for all gaming because he is so positive. There is no reason, in my opinion... Why Billy Mitchell couldn't end up on a Wheaties box someday? Okay. Now I would have laughed. Like, I I think that he, he would have. If I saw this in 2006, I would have said, "No, dork, it ain't gonna happen." But right. now I could see it happening with like Fatality or whoever. These not Fatality, maybe shr not Shroud. Okay, but I like, don't need you naming any more Doctor Disrespect. I, would no more totally nerds do names. Doctor Disrespect. Yeah, he's yeah. legit. Dude. What about that guy Pwned? Where this, I don't know the guy that created. Remember Pwned? when he he wrote in own, but he put a P in front of it accidentally? Sure. I Isn't don't, he famous? I don't know. All right. Well, it's July 1999, and we you got, got your big. Shroud. You got Typhoon. You got fucking... I love Typhoon. Cloaksy. You got Tim the Tatman. Fucking Dr. Diss. You uh -huh. got fucking Nick Merckx, yep. baby. Never been laid Nick. The Ooh. whole group. All these people are millionaires, and they all have hot women or wives, usually. Covered in tattoos they work, and nose rings. They work 20 hours a month, and they fucking make millions of dollars, a lot of them. All or right. like, you know, at Can the I very get least to my big news in July of 1999? All right. Big news incoming. We have a TV, a TV reporter. The video arcade classic has finally been conquered. On July 4th, at a New Hampshire arcade, 34-year-old Billy Mitchell became the first person to master Pac-Man by recording the first ever perfect game. Okay. Give me a little music, because it's time to meet folk singer John Harley, who wrote a song about Billy. Okay. Billy Mitchell, primo joystick dude. Oh, fuck me. Amazing in the maze, he ain't gonna lose. 
Blue man in the corridor singing the blues. A perfect game goes down. Billy's on the move. Not great. Yeah, dude. But you know you made it when somebody's writing folk I can't even songs. Look at you in the it. eyes when you do that. I hate doing it. Uh, it doesn't feel like that. Um, we also meet a guy named Todd Rogers. Now he also looks like a Sopranos character. You know, pony mm-hmm. slick ponytail, <laughs> chest hair hanging out. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of fucking mob bosses own fucking arcades, it's dude. Probably true. Probably, they got a lot of time to it's kill. It's like a fucking perfect thing to launder money. Exactly. Yep. Precise. Well, he says to get fucking through precisely to get through every board. You speak of a Pac-Man here. Every dot, every energizer, every ghost that's applicable to reach the final 256 screen without dying. Applicable. Uh-huh. Mm. That's, it's impressive in its own right. Well, Walter says the success was not just because someone got a perfect score on Pac-Man, but because Billy Mitchell got a perfect Pac-Man score. And without dying. I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Oh, then they, then that's when they say that's the perfect game. He I kind of remember this. He says, I, have all this, I ruined it. I have all this good fortune. If everything's rolling my way, if all the balls have bounced in my favor, <laughs> there's some poor bastard out there who's getting his screws put to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the... I remember... Okay, we'll, we'll get Guy to, doesn't we'll, miss an opportunity yeah, yeah. to suck his own dick. Yeah, no, no. He's definitely a fucking well, he's self-righteous. Got, he's going to have some competition suicide. coming up soon enough because mm-hmm. we're going to Redmond, Washington, and we're going to meet Steve Weeb. Yeah. Excuse me, Weeby. Weebs. Um who's going to be the next Donkey Kong challenger. Mm-hmm. And he says, when I got laid off, I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what can I do to kind of feel that I have control of something? Waste more time. I looked at Twin Galaxies and I typed in Donkey Kong World Record and some spreadsheet came up and I saw what the score was. It was held by Billy Mitchell and it was like 874,000. And I go, I can beat that. Well, what does he do? We see him rolling in a Donkey Kong junior arcade cabinet in his garage which kind of threw me for a loop okay i'm like i thought he was playing donkey kong he's, he's gotta got to practice a, he's got a junior That's all he can though. do back then dude but why wouldn't you get the regular because maybe he couldn't get it at the time he's fucking held up i think i figured it out okay donkey kong and donkey kong jr they're the same cabinets it's just the board you switch out yeah so he probably just you know sure anyway we meet his wife and uh, her name's Nicole. And she says, I'm not the kind of wife that's needy. Oh, <laughs> that I need him boy. sitting on my couch with me every night. I don't hey, need that. Boy. What I need is him helping me around with the kids or him being able, being with the kids. So he could want to come out here and play. And that would drive me crazy because he's definitely oh. OCD. When he is obsessed or something, he's focused. I have to be like, hello. So then I just said, you have to do it at night. Mm-hmm. She sounds like a handful. Does she? Uh, and she definitely wears the pants mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. Well, we meet uh, Derek Weeby. Okay. That's his five-year-old kid. And he's like, is level two easy? Oh, boy. And he's sitting behind him. And Steve's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. I've dreamed of, you know, being a musician for a living. That's what my dream was. And Nicole says he was brought up uh, and he was smart. He was an athlete. And he was talented. But he just couldn't get those things to fit. And we meet his mom. And according to his mom, Steve was in one of the original starving grunge bands in the Seattle area. Just okay. starving. Yeah. The only people that came to see him was us. Now, could you name more than two grunge bands, Dave? 
I mean, I know what is this? So Nirvana, and then who else is from the Seattle? Grunge I knew you were gonna scene. have a little problem, so you can't. So name more let me than think. Two. Let me think. Yep, it's over. Now hold on. Let me think. You're not gonna be hold able on. to get it. Is uh, Three Dogs Night from Seattle? <laughs> First no, of temp- all, Temple of the Dog. For, okay, you, you go. got one. First okay, of Temple all, of the it's dog, Three Dog Night. Okay, Three Dog and Night. And Three Dog Night. Temple of the was Dog was a '70s band. Okay, I okay. just trying to remember Temple, Temple of the Dog of the or dog. Three Dog Night. Temple, Temple of the Dog is what I remember. Temple of the Dog's my That's Chris Cornell's, dude, and the Chrissy Corns. Temple of the right? Dog, uh, right? Is Chris Cornell? Yep. Before that other band, Pearl Jam, no Soundgarden. Oh, they're both from. Well, Eddie was in Temple of the Dog too. Oh yeah! Wow, that's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, that's right. That's right. There. The Veds. Yeah, Eddie Veds. He only played on one song on the album. Hunger Strike. Yeah, you're pretty good. So you got two. You got two. How many do you think I can name off the top of my head? Uh, I mean, you obviously know. This is like, uh, Dave, um, how many Quake teams do you think you can name? I can fucking name a lot of them. Sorry, sweeters. That's mom. Yeah. The uh, audience understood them. I think I could name them all if I had to. Yeah. But we're not going there. Okay. Anyway, um, Ryan. Ice Climbers. Clan 519, Zero Tall. Like, I'm just naming Quake teams now. All right, let's go. Okay. So we also meet uh, Steve's brother, and he says he has maybe a little couple social hangups here and there that haven't allowed him to be successful. And then his dad blames it on himself. He said, I, he was a pitcher, and I, I rode him too hard. I was the coach, mm-hmm. and I, 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 he couldn't pitch. Aw. So, uh, <laughs> he fucking, he went to a different motion. Yeah. I mean, which is probably up and down. He was garbage, but left and right. F- fucking God. Well, Nicole says it killed him that he couldn't pitch because that's where his competitive fire basically left. That's cool. And his dad wanted him to be an engineer at Boeing. Okay. And he, his dad had been there for 30 years and he was like, I didn't want to become a lifer and things just didn't work out that way. Okay. And then Nicole pops in and she goes, I don't know if he told you, but he was laid off the day we just signed papers on our new house. I wonder if my uncle knows yeah. this guy. So um, anyway, Nicole says he's come up short in a lot of things in life. And I just think, you know, nobody wants to do that all the time. Where is Ricky's? Ricky's is in Florida. Oh, in uh, Hollywood, Florida. I haven't. <laughs> no, Ricky's is the Wings restaurant. Yeah, that he yeah. Works, uh, works. Steve's in Redmond, Washington. No, I was, I'm talking about Ricky's. Okay, got yeah. it. All right. <laughs> well, we see him set up a, a camcorder Kay. above his shoulder. Sure. Focused on the arcade game. Right. Because why? You got to f- prove. Yes. You're going to get the fucking high score. Times have changed. Okay. Now they allow people to send in videotapes of your high scores. You don't have to go to the manager and say, hey, come back here okay. some, before somebody puts a quarter in yeah. it. This is my high score. Yeah, we have speed runs and everything now, too. They're called speed runners. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So when I was Googling... It's a whole computer internet thing When right I now. was studying I all this, forever. and they were like, um, yeah, he was outed by speed runner blank blank. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. So some guy that was athletic and a runner actually got You're involved so in this. I, I had no it. clue. Well, clue. right now, so every year they do the St. Jude's thing where it's like they do, um, they'll do like two or three <laughs> days in a fucking hotel 
and you just go and they've got like four different hotel room, like uh, what are those things called? Like the conference rooms yeah. going. Yeah. And it's like the all for St. Ju- yeah, it's all for St. Jude's. And then like every year they have like a, a couple of games or two or three or four or five. I mean more. There's like, you know, they, they probably do like five or six a day where they like film and there's people watching and the guy's talking and explaining. Sometimes they talk, sometimes they don't. And they're just playing different games. And it's like all kinds of genre. Like a couple of years ago, one of the big ones was The Lion King from like. Um, That's a video game? From super, on Super Nintendo. It's like uh-huh. a super hard fucking game. Yeah. And so like they'll do speed runs. With the, and then like all kinds of different games. And yeah. then they just do money well, for St. And, Saint I Jude, didn't know and they're explaining the thing. These as speed runners, they record their games. And you can go on YouTube and yep. watch them <clears throat> break the whole. I was watching a Robocop one recently. Yeah, that's Did why they play I the have whole bum, game bum, 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 bum. Yeah, all the way through. And sometimes they know a trick and they finish it in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. A game that you thought about growing how long up, they fuck, too. Yeah, it's probably a little, you probably five minutes because I think that's the average <laughs> five to seven minutes. Five to seven is not the average fuck time. Yes, it is. For I, losers. I'm just saying that is that male average fuck time. Five oh, to seven whatever. Minutes. I've been a 60-minute Not minute for fucking betas like us, though, oh, yeah. all right? I've been a 60-minute man since oh, I popped out of the bro, gates. I just, I don't, I come when I say I come. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, Billy, or excuse me, Steve, he scores, um, and he says, my highest record saved on here, it's eight. 129,700, which we know is about 18,000 short of Billy's record. So Billy, Admirable. Billy says, what plunged me into competitive gaming, never to come out. Does it say how long it takes to get that? We'll get there. Okay. How long do you think it takes? To get 870,000 uh-huh. on Donkey Kong. Uh-huh. I don't remember. I feel like I should have known this, but... Um, remember the dude that from Man vs. Snake. 12 hours. Uh... Uh, well, here, here's what we'll do, okay. listeners. I'll set over the, under, over under, over under. Six point five hours. Okay. What are you taking? Oh. You went really low on that. Six point five. Uh huh. Um, I'm still gonna go over six point five. Uh, okay, and we're. Betting, I'm gonna say like we're betting how much? Well, so why do you have to bet that fake hundred dollars you have <laughs> okay, over there, laying okay, over there? Okay. <laughs> so Billy says, "What plunged me into competitive gaming never to come out." Was Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve says Donkey Kong. Well, that was the first ever Mario game. I didn't know this. The whole thing is a construction site, and you've got these girders and elevators and ladders. Going from one girder to the next, the whole goal uh, is to get past the obstacles that Kong is throwing at you and get the girl. And Billy says Donkey Kong, without question, is the hardest game. And Mark Alpiger, he agrees. He says it's ridiculously difficult on the first screen. Now, I can uh, attest to this because okay. I recently went and played some vintage video games. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Where? Um, Not to put uh, you on the spot. The place downtown. In uh, downtown LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. 82, I think it's the called. 82. Fucking dope I, ass place. Yeah. I had a friend that used to bartend there. Yeah. Yeah. And we walk in had and Zangief. he just get us liquored. Yeah. But I play pinball down there every now and then. Oh, yeah. Big but, pinball room. But I strolled by mm-hmm. the Kong. Yeah, the Kong. I was like, I'm going to give this a, a big shot. one. It's a big Dude, one. Dude, I could get up like maybe oh, four, terrible. four That's hard. stairs and yeah. I was dead. Yeah. So, you know, Steve says, you know, you got to remember Donkey Kong's throwing barrels at you. You got to jump over them. You got to duck. You got to grab the hammer and you got to break the barrels, but then the hammer disappears. It's fucking, you know, yeah, a lot, going a lot on. of shit going on. But he says, and this is Steve, 
The secret about the barrel board is that you can actually control the barrels. Did you know this? What? What do you mean the barrel board? So there's different boards? I don't know. Okay. Right above this ladder, we see him playing. Okay. He goes, you do a quick left and then okay. hard right. Okay. And then, oh, see, you did. You made the barrel go the other direction. Oh, he, oh, uh-huh. I see. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like I see what you mean. I see now, what. Steve is so into this. You know those like um, those clear like acrylic windows, and then they take a, a white wax pen and like nerds will draw like scientific equations on them. Yeah, he yeah. does that on his Donkey Kong screen. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I can see somebody doing that. Sure, He's into it. it. Yeah, he's yeah. into it. He's into learning all the little bugs and shit. Yeah, but he's like tic tacs. See, that's why there's some. That's um. I mean, not, I'm sure there's b- debates about it, but they essentially have both types of speed runs and both types of records. The you go high non, score non, and fastest. No, no, no non glitch and glitch. What does that run times? Meaning like some with uh, they allow you to do use the glitch and some they don't allow you to use the glitch oh and you're saying that the glitch of moving left and right and no 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 barrels? i'm just saying i'm not saying it in this case yeah but i'm just saying in other games well i know in runs, pac-man there's a one spot where you can hide where the ghost will never find you interesting you just park the thing there it's the secret spot yep and they'll never find you okay so is that a glitch like you couldn't use the glitch if you're going yeah, to speed run on it, that's that's a little bit different because it's not like a game that like has a beginning and an end per se like how some of these like story games have, and they have a lot more different type of glitches that will do some crazy shit sometimes. So that's why I'm saying like you know they have a lot of these. Some of the more complex games have, you know, the speed run, speed runs with the glitch, uh-huh. just like with Mario. There's the there's the Mario record with warp and without warp. With warp. With the warping through the, oh, the to the, the next world. Tubes. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go. Okay. I think the world record well, right now is four and a half minutes. According to Mario Billy, Brothers. the average Donkey Kong game doesn't last more than a minute. He describes it as absolute brutality. Now, we're going to meet another character in this film. He's probably my favorite character in the entire movie. His name is Brian Kuhn. And he says, each of the elevator boards represents the greatest challenge in video game playing. Um, and then another guy says the average gamer of Donkey Kong will never get past the third elevator stage. And Steve says just the slightest touch of one of these springs can kill you. There's no hammer for the springs. There's no way to defeat them. All you can do is avoid them. And again, we see Steve. He's got the wax pen and he's drawing on his screen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the secret to the third elevator is knowing which spring to go on and then knowing which spring to move up the ladder and recognizing when you must retreat. Yeah. And, you know, Steve Sanders, he wrote the book on the master's guide. He says, if you don't time it just exactly right, you will die. And Billy says, it boils down to hardcore skill. Yeah, I bet. Well, Weeby says, so I get on that one because it's lined up with the dash line. He's literally showing the process that he does to do all this. Right. And he's like, now I'm waiting for that to line up with the sod line that I've written on, right. scraped on the machine. I remember, I remember this vaguely. Yeah. And then his wife says, I have said that from the day I met Steve, that his talent is in his hands. Yeah. He pitched. Did he? He was a basketball. Yeah. He was a basketball. He was a basketball. Now, the reason I put this out is there, you know, like when things get fucked up on the internet and they become like memes. Sure, sure. (laughs) I went on two videos. Really? And they were like at the timestamp and said, never forget. 
Steve was a basketball. <laughs> and you can line it Steve up. Was a ba- <laughs> where she says Steve you put the time he stamp. was a basketball. That's hilarious. So close uh, to that guy. Did you give him a thumbs up? I did. All right, good. Now she says he was also a phenomenal drawer. And you have to <laughs> have seen his pictures drawn. He was a basketball. He's very artistic. Well, they show his art. It's not very good. Obviously. They show, you know what they show? They show like uh, a pencil drawing of a NBA player. Okay. And then a picture of him that where he drew Darth Vader. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. It's not, cool. It's not it's that good. <laughs> no. I'm sure it's fine. This is interesting. His friend Mike Thompson, he lights up a cigarette and he's like, it's operating on some subconscious level with him, I think. And it was just such a blast to be like, remember when people just randomly light up cigarettes in like yeah. in rooms? I've talked about this on I think on this podcast. Like I remember being young and walking into the bank and it's smelling like cigarettes. Like walking yeah. into everywhere yeah. smelled like cigarettes. Yeah. Well, My dad he, smoked in the house when we were younger. I mean um, well, Steve's mom says, I have often thought that maybe he's a little autistic, that he's just obsessive compulsive because he could get something in his mind. He wanted to play drums. I don't even know where I got that idea. And then they show Steve playing on his kid's drum set. And, uh, you know, they intersperse this directorial decision. They intersperse all these white lines from the drums. Like it's Donkey Kong. It's pretty cool. And all cool. that stuff. But let's get back to Walter. He says the actual gameplay involves so much hand-eye coordination, mind-body coordination. There's your line. Yep. Fast reaction time and comprehensive thinking. Such a high level of precision execution. So much skill. Involves so much learning. You have to have deep, comprehensive intelligence. Well, back to Brian Kuhn. He's, my again, my favorite guy in this documentary. Okay. What's He's he look like? Like a nerd. Okay. <laughs> he says... Um, for some years and years, it was believed that Billy's record of 874,000 in 1982 was really the highest score anyone would ever uh, right. get. Yeah. In fact, some of us uh, uh, played this game every day or every week or every month since then, and no one has even gotten close to that. Mm-hmm. And Walter agrees. He says no one across the big length of time will ever be able to beat his world record. Well, like was Billy just out just playing for hours on end, just that, I mean... Not going to blow away the time yet. Sure. We have okay. listeners playing along. they probably uh, taking the over or the under. No, no, I'm not talking about, like, how long it takes to We're do the there. thing. I'm talking about, like, how many hours he's putting into it. A lot. A day. Like, I, I remember we went over a little bit in the Pac-Man. Yeah. In the other, well, not the Pac-Man. Man the other, versus the, snake. the snake one. Yeah. That, like, you know, obviously, they fucking, they go... They were putting in 30, 40 hours. Nonstop. Though. Nonstop. And I mean, Donkey Kong isn't like that. I know that, but I'm just saying that, like, well, all right, let's go. Steve says, I was having the game of my life. I think I got like 600,000. I hadn't died yet. And I started hearing some noises coming downstairs and screaming. Well, we hear his son, Dad, wipe my butt. Oh my God. That's his son? Yeah. While he's playing? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Woman, take care of your child. Yeah. Where's the wife? Wipe your bottom. I will in a second, bud. Okay, bring me some toilet paper, buddy. Are you joking? I don't remember this. Yeah, he's gonna like wipe his ass while wow. he's playing the game. That's crazy. Derek, I'm almost I'm almost at the world record. Don't play, Dad. Don't play. Stop playing Donkey Kong and wipe my butt. I can't believe that's happening. Derek, stop it! And he's like, it's all on tape. And that's, that's the crazy. tape I had to send to Twin Galaxies. That's hilarious. So let's move Does on. Does he over. beat it then? We're going to get to it. Okay. 
Let's move to Fairfield, Iowa. How many people have we introduced that are like competing for the game right now? Roughly. Steve Wiebe and Billy Mitchell. Okay, only two people right uh-huh. now. And that was Steve. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, if he's submitting something, it's probably broken the record, don't you think? I would. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for. Yeah. I think it's safe you can take that assumption. Sure. Well, Walter says. I want to know what the final record right now get is. There. I know we are. We're going to get there. I know we are. Walter says, everything I'm all about is by practicing transcendental meditation. I like to see that mirrored in the way I apply myself to the video game world in that I seek to find champions and watch them grow and become even greater as they begin to unfold more and more of their full potential, which is what we do in transcendental meditation. Well, Billy says if Walter, through all these years, all the way since 82, hadn't continued, if he hadn't continued as a labor of love, then there would be no central organization for competitive game playing. And Walter says, why do we do it? Because we actually love it. Because we enjoy this. We are fascinated by this. It's just something in our genes that my group, Twin Galaxies, raised the banner high to do this and more organized video game playing into the future. And Steve says, Walter opened the door. I was going to say internationally, but at the very least to national competitive gaming. And Walter says, we just happened to call it Twin Galaxies. The name just burst into my brain. Walter Day didn't do that by accident. He didn't get lucky. He created his own empire. Well, we see more footage from him from back in the day. And, um, you know, he was a little bit of a celebrity in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? He had his own little show called Video Game Update where he'd give uh, the scores. You know what I mean? And um, he says, it's been wearing being a scorekeeper all these years because everybody picks on me, you know, because I'm the man, you know, I'm a police officer. And Steve says, video games need a guy like Bush. Yep. I don't know. Who the fuck is Bush? That's his fucking nickname. He just dropped on us right now. What's up, Bush? <laughs> I had to double check my transcript several times yeah. and watch it and be it's like, a pretty cool nickname. who the fuck is Bush? <laughs> Buddy Bush. Hey, you can't invite a Bush to your party like un- like unknowingly though. Hey, can my homie Bush come over? Well, nah, dude. we even see All Walter right. in like a little um, animated segment sure. where not animated, it's him on cheap video. Okay, but you know he's like you can't break these rules. And wait, wait, what do you mean it's at, wait what? It's like a little fucking old videotape of him. Okay, and like he's like pretending to be a referee. Okay, and he's like doing out like sure. violation, illegal trick, yeah, yeah. profanity, viewer interference. But he has like a kooky background or yeah, something. Yeah, it looks like shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> something flies by the screen in front of it. Well, like Steve says the best features about him are also his biggest downfall. People can just run over him because he's so nice. Well, Billy says Twin Galaxies survives because of people like Walter, mm-hmm. people like Robert Mirazek, and people like me who participate for all passion of competitive game. Right. Nobody draws a paycheck here. No. Walter says that he, that he sees the details. He sees the big picture. He says, I see the big concept, but I don't do details. I need a staff of detail-oriented people like Robert Mirzik. Well, we see Robert, and you know he's in his home, and he's like, uh, anything that is unexplainable, out of the ordinary, we have to keep our eyes on it. This is not to say we are infallible. When I have to watch a pile of eight tapes over there for Dwayne Richards' two days nibble of performance, 
this is 48 hours straight of me paying attention to make sure he's doing everything correctly. Yeah. Dwayne was the guy that was in Nibbler, the Canadian guy that was up against the main dude in Nibbler. Yeah. So he had to, he literally watched 48 straight hours of videotape to Sick, see if this dude. tape was legit. That's fucking legit. That's dude. fucking nuts. And he's like, I got a package over from the Metroid team That's here in Brazil. Sick. Fuck yeah. I got to deal with the Atari 2600 records. Got to deal with these fucking Brazilians. He, oh, yeah. He goes, things take time for me to verify. And I have to look at every single one of these. Like I showed you over here. This is just 200 videotapes. Okay? Yeah. That's nothing. Nope. He goes, this is the real stuff I have to do. I see world records set in my room every single day. All right? Wow. Some people think a world record is what's set at Olympics or the end of a baseball season. Oh, well, it's I in my see, fucking office. I see this every single day. And not just sometimes once. It's exciting. And he's like watching Steve Weeby's videos. He's like, oh, that was close. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good move right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We see the videotape that Steve submitted. Sure. He beat Billy's score. Wow. How he much? One million six thousand six hundred. Whoa, points. double it. No, you're not gonna math. Billy's record was oh. eight hundred and seventy four thousand. Yeah. Steve's was one million six thousand six hundred. Oh, barely 6, barely cracked the million. Mean, same with one point six mil. Okay. And then he's looking at this, Robert, and he goes, Somebody has accomplished something that not only I can't do. But nobody else has ever done before. And oh. it's exciting to be able to want to see that firsthand. Yeah. Well, this All video. 48 this, hours of it. This new world record. No, by the way, took him like, uh, I want to say two hours and 45 minutes. Okay. Wow. Under, huh? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Way under. We're way under. Well, this okay. thing blew up. Sick. The news of this. This is pre viral. Sick. Well, obviously. Mark Wright, newspaper reporter. Welcome back. Back when viral really meant something. Welcome back. It was either really good or really bad. Bill Gates isn't necessarily the most famous man in Redmond tonight. All right. Coming up, meet the man who's at the top of his game. A Donkey Kong world record holder. Still richer, though. He was a big <laughs> he was a big uh, celebrity. Celebrity. For yeah, a while there. For a couple days. Yeah. And he, Steve says, I was just doing it because I thought it'd be a nice achievement. I didn't think it would ever blow up to be a big story. And his wife says, he looks at me and he says, you're the first lady of Donkey Kong. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what she said. She's I like, feel like I've turned it off at this point. Oh, my God. Well, um, Nicole says it was a godsend for him the last couple of years to get him through. Like, it might be, it was a safe haven for him. Yeah. So then we meet Steve and he's at his junior high school. And we meet his seventh grade and eighth grade science classes. And he describes that, you know, he made this U-turn in life. He wasn't mm -hmm. going to go be the Boeing guy. Right. He went back and got his master's degree. They had to rough it for a little bit. And his students, we meet a couple of them. They're like, you know, science is so boring. Uh, he just talks about stuff that's not just homework and schoolwork and stuff. He, you know, he makes it fun. And then he tells the kids about the world record. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And um, they don't really give a shit. Yeah, I mean, literally right now, I'm not giving a shit. We're yeah. going to cut this whole part out. Yeah. Skip. So remember Greg Bond of Mappy fame? Sure. He says Steve deserves a lot of credit for that because he also broke the record of Donkey Kong Jr. 
So he took two of champ, Billy's champ. titles. Fucking champ, champ. Back to back, he stole Billy's Fucking titles. Con- came on his over shoulder and shit. Fucking. Yeah. Well, this might be my favorite part of the documentary. Okay. Do you know who Roy, Mr. Awesome Schilt is? I can't say that that name was uh, familiar, right? Remember when you mentioned Missile Command? Yeah. He is the Missile Commander champion. He's the Missile Commander. Yes. Missile Uh, Commander. uh, He says that was the last world record that Bill ever had. Uh, That was the last one to go. He had five world records in 85, and he had the Donkey Kong, and then Weeby took it away from him. And Billy says it's far more difficult when you're at the top. And now he's going back for anybody it. Anybody who on top, anybody who was on top has to stay on top. Yeah, man. Champ, champ. And Greg says this. Billy seems like the type of guy that like wouldn't stop here, though. Oh, you think? No, nah, I don't think so. You think so. he's got something? I think so. I think well, Billy in- says, Billy's, uh, or Greg says Billy's got something up his sleeve. Ah. He likes to keep quiet, though. He figures something out. You know, he says, I, gotta, somebody, I, can't, I can't bring this out until later. He's, the very, secret web, dude. You know, somebody may take him down, but behind closed doors, Billy always has something planned. Well, Billy pulls out his phone and he shows it to camera. Okay. And he goes, on my phone, it says never surrender. Oh. <laughs> wonder where we got that from, 9-11? <laughs> the worst thing that could happen. Never give Billy. up. Never surrender. Remember <laughs> that? Galaxy Quest? Is that, I never great, saw that. Great little everybody movie. Everybody says that's a, that's like a hidden gem of a film. Great little movie. Yeah. It is a little hidden gem of a film. Timmy, um, Timmy Allen. Timmy Allen, Sigourney Weaves. That guy, uh, fuck, the one that plays uh, Snape in, uh, in Harry Star Potter. Wars? In, Har- oh. in Harry Potter. Is it, Harry Snoke Potter. is the one. Yes, yeah, Snoke I turned is Star off Wars. the Star Wars movies, Good. man. Good, turn them off. They're terrible. So there's a Snape and a Snoke. No, Snape is in Harry Potter. Okay, I don't watch that shit. I don't I'm read the I'm just saying, books. he's a famous actor. Okay. Famous By the way, I know that hurts somebody's a bunch of other feelings movie. Uh, very close to me by yeah, saying people that. People who would be your children at this age that you are right now, 40-something, whatever. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Billy's dad jumps in and says if somebody <laughs> beat his record, uh, he'd have a plan to beat it and get it back. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Well, Billy says the worst thing that could happen yeah. would be to give someone credibility for a score that doesn't deserve it. Right. But even worse, far worse then that would be to deny somebody the credibility when they deserved it. If I'm not there, I don't know. So he's right. already saying, I got to see it. Yeah, you, you got to show I it to me in person that shit, doggy. or it ain't fucking real. That's goddamn right. So anyway, Steve does more classroom time with his students. They kind of start thinking, you know, he's a little bit of a celebrity. And then he says, well, I came home one day and uh, there were two people in my garage. What? Looking at my machine. Tussling? Yeah, they were spies. What? Well, his wife describes it as this. She says it was... Well, first sat- of all, how are they getting to his house? We're going to get there. Oh, that fuck. Nicole's like, you know, it was a Saturday, and my mom was there, and I'm getting ready to go to work, and these guys knocked on the door, and uh, they said they were there and wanted to come in and look at the machine. Yeah. Now, keep in mind... It's the 80s. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> sure. This happened in the early 2000s. Oh, 2000. Steve it's goes early, it's early 2000s. By the way, we took a big break. Oh, yeah. It's the early 2000s. So it's the early 2000s. Anyway, these guys wanted to come in, and she's like, I'm not comfortable with you guys coming in my house. I got to go to work. My mom's here. Just wait for Steve, and that's how it's going to be. Well, Robert Murzik, he's the fucking chief referee at Twin Gal. He says... <laughs> 
doing gauge that do short. It doesn't work for everything. <laughs> don't don't make it. Don't kill it. Don't kill it anymore. I think I'm tired. Twin gals. <laughs> that's fucking. See, it works. Twin, twin gals. No, just, just say you, 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 that's when you use the ski. You okay. go twin skis. You okay, go thank back you for, in the twin skis. Okay. So anyway, Robert says Davisms. to find out at an ultra elite level whether or not a score is good. Sometimes we had no choice but to call in the pros. So remember Dwayne who faked the Nibbler score in Man yes, versus Think? I do. They call in him because he's a wow, referee at the time. Like, it's like that's like that's like the FBI hiring a hacker. Exactly. Sick, dude. So remember Brian Q, my favorite no, character? No. Who's like the, the super nerd. nerd? Yeah, sure. He uh he goes to Steve's as well. And he says, you know, Bill asked me to do it, but I didn't have time to do it, so Brian did it. So Robert says we went there with one of the most respected gamers of all time, Perry Rogers, wow. to back him up. Yeah, These guys just show up at his door. There's no like phone call? So Perry says, Billy Mitchell in Twin Galaxies asked me to, you know, while well, I live in the area, go investigate this. So I went yeah. over to his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nicole, I'm the homeowner. It's my house. Yeah. I'm the wife of the Donkey Kong guy. Oh, God. They should have respected my wishes and left my mom alone Sounds and like not come in. Donkey Kong size dick <laughs> all right well back to my second favorite character yeah. mr awesome roy schultz from missile command sure the champion the missile commander yes they took apart his donkey kong machine and started to take pictures of wow. everything. you know I'd to be look pissed to look for an excuse to invalidate the score sure. he's not even there while they're I know. doing this this fucking bullshit dude well steve He's in his garage. Damn it, Sharon. Why did you let him into my Donkey Kong <laughs> that machine? That was all the Donkey Kong okay. machine we had left. They never would have found it. So uh, anyway. The bug. They never would have found the bug. Steve pulls out. the a, bug and I threw it down the... Steve pulls out a box. Yeah. And he goes, they saw this box that has Roy Schilt's return address on it. Uh -huh. So they looked it over and said, Roy Schilt? Oh. Why is Roy Schilt's name on this box? Why is it? Yeah. Well, Robert says that Roy Schilt is the type of gamer that would like nothing more than to see Twin Galaxies get egg on its face. Oh, come on. Yep. And this guy's trying to use boxes now. Come on. Well, at this point, we see a video of uh, Mr. Awesome, Roy Schilt, yep. titled Mr. Awesome's Guide to Girls. It was self-produced oh, in 1989. Uh, I want you to remember that no punk bastard ever got a gnarly piece of poontang by being sensitive and we considerate. Gotta, we got to find that video. I've already seen it. Oh, We're going to save it for part two sure. and we'll play it for part two. Yeah. So this guy's a fucking dork. He wears a hat that says it has an A on it. Okay. As like he's Alpha? supposed to. Mr. Awesome, bro. Oh, yeah, awesome. Duh. So Walter says, look, he calls himself Mr. Awesome. He drives the awesome mobile to fame and fortune, as he says on his website. So he's got like a, a Trans Am with lightning bolts on it and the license plate that reads Mr. Awesome. Yeah. It's A-W-E-S-M. There's oh, too many lame. letters. Yeah. Uh, but Walter says he's jealous of Billy because Billy gets attention from all the beautiful women wherever he goes. Well, we see a picture of Mr. Awesome. Uh -huh. He's completely naked. Uh-huh. Um, and there's an 80s model wearing a sweatband strategically covering his dick and balls. Okay. And he's, you know, she's staring at him adoringly. Right. And then Walter says, essentially, Roy Schilt wants to be like Billy. Sure. Well, Roy says, I've seen the world champion, Cherry Pittsbitter, on The Tonight Show with J Jay Leno. And if the guy uh, should be on The Tonight Show, at least I, get, I should get to be able to be a celebrity for a day. 
Huh. I didn't even get that. I got no recognition at all. I didn't get to be on a television show. It was like I was a ghost, and it doesn't feel right. I want to get a little recognition. I don't necessarily need to become a celebrity. Yeah. Well, they showed... Do you ever see the X show on... Uh, no. Yeah, it was on FX. Nope. Well, they flash back to an episode with Billy and Walter, and they're like, how you doing, Billy? And uh, Billy goes, I'm perfect. Okay. Haven't you read? Yeah. <laughs> so... Billy walks around with this aura of arrogance. Yeah. It's very clear from right. the first frame. Um, well, Walter says, look, Twin Galaxies does a lot to promote Billy because it's very much to Twin Galaxies' advantage and very much to the whole gaming hobby uh, for Billy to become a star. Right. Well, Mr. Awesome, he says, when Walter Day published that book in 97 with all those egregious errors in there, Billy Mitchell saw it. Well, they show the book. It's called the Twin Galaxies Official Game and Pinball Book of World Records. And Roy says, and he knew they were wrong. He knew there were mistakes, but he tried to pretend like they were real to take my Missile Command score down. Wow. And his connection to Steve is that Steve met Roy down at California Extreme, and he knew that Steve had the, the capability to beat Billy's high score. Sure. So... Steve gets cozied up to Roy, not knowing any of this. Yeah. And Roy says, Steve Weeby is the one who had unlocked the secrets to Donkey Kong to figure out how to get a million points. Well, Steve offered to buy, or Roy offered to buy Steve a board. Sure. Because Steve's board was broken. Okay. Steve didn't have the money at the time. Right. It was a mutually beneficial rep uh, relationship. I suppose. He'd buy the board and he'd give him the opportunity to break Billy's record. There you go. You know, and at the same time, oh, made sense. he would be taking Billy down and seek Roy, uh, Roy's revenge. And it seemed like a good idea, according yeah. to Steve. But it was unbeknownst to him at the time. He didn't know about the history and the bad blood between Billy and Mr. Awesome. Yeah, 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 of course. So, <laughs> how, how could one know that? You'd have to be deep in the yeah, weeds to know that. To, you'd have to be at a couple of those early Comic Cons. Yeah, or, or whatever they were back then. Gamer cons. Whatever the fuck. Well, Robert says to attempt something Nintendo like this. Con. The, to attempt something like this for the sole purpose of taking down one of Bill's scores is a slap in the face. So wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Is Donkey Kong like some like open source like is We're it gonna own? get to that? Okay, great. Open source meaning like, like like not like copyright free kind of a thing. I don't know. We're gonna get to okay, that. There's great. a whole other level yeah. between arcade yeah. and that when they play it on emulators. So Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's called like name or mame, I think. Cool. I can't remember. We'll get to it. So anyway, Mr. Awesome says, that would show that I somehow monkeyed around with the board, meaning like yeah. they found this box with, in his garage with my name on it. So they looked at the board, they took pictures of the board, and they couldn't find anything wrong with it. Yeah. Well, Robert, he shows in detail, he's got pictures of the board and it's on like digitized screens and he's taken very deep looks. And he pulls up a chip and he goes, see that gummy substance right there on that right chip? Out of all these chips in the right spot on the right board, I mean, I have to say, this is a conspiracy. <clears throat> yeah. This yeah, is yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah, it's crazy. The fuck those guys. Well, Billy adds, any board that's worked on could have a problem. Now, I'm starting to think something's up because I see him playing on a Donkey Kong Jr. cabinet. But at the time, I didn't know that these boards were, you know, you just pull one out, put it in. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. no big deal. Well, Robert says... To find out this gamer potentially has a fraudulent score has upset Billy's master plan for what he wanted to do. Right. Well, Mr. Awesome says, I mean, when you come home and see two guys in your garage 
uh, and you know why, and you, you've learned why they're there, you got to stop a guy like Billy Mitchell. Sure. I mean, he's basically saying this goes all the way to the top. Right. And he's done crazier things before, you know? And Mike Thompson says Billy Mitchell was one of the evaluators, which seems a little strange that the guy whose record Steven is competing against is, is, is gets to decide yeah. whether I agree. It's a conflict of inch. Right. Conflict of inch, dude. <laughs> so Steve says, even if the board is completely legitimate, Roy's taint on it is too strong. <laughs> so only the taint survive. Well, Mr. Awesome, Roy Schultz. It's not for us. the taint Roy of Sch heart. Roy not Schultz, a taint of heart. Roy Schultz a liar. Roy Schultz a cheater. Roy Schultz full of crap. Roy Schultz out to get me. He's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's threatened Bill Mitchell physically. According to Steve, in fact, he threatened Bill Mitchell's life. Oh, Mr. Awesome ain't so awesome. What the fuck? And dude? Mr. Awesome denies all this. He says, nope, 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 nope. He threatened his own life to make it look like me because for whatever reason to gain leverage with other people. I don't know. He figures he knows that my missile command score is genuine. Wow. A lot of bad blood between yeah, these guys. Janking is going on. Billy says, no matter what I say, it draws controversy. Sort of like the abortion issue. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. <laughs> now we go into 20 minutes of why abortion is, should be legal or because not legal. if you're for it, well, you're a son of a gun. Uh -huh. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun. Oh, boy. Um, I'm not Pretty God. Much, that's fucking politics in a nutshell. I'm not God. Nope. I don't have all the answers. So I have to be careful how I share my opinions. Sure. <laughs> I agree. He's a controversial. He doesn't want to be a controversial. Gaming uh, connects all people. Look, he just wants world. he just wants to his scores to represent who he is. Yeah. He doesn't want to muck it up with political issues at the times. Right. So anyway, Steve basically said, "I never thought this was going to hurt me getting involved with Roy." Well, Robert, Chief Ref, he says we couldn't accept the pretender board, so we couldn't accept the score. Wow. Why can't they accept the board, though? Because they just think it's all tainted, fucked with, They dude? think, Come Roy. on. They have no proof. They don't. Well, there's the gummy chip yeah. that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And then there's guilt what by... What does it so do? Do we ever get into what it does? We're going to. All right, cool. Maybe. There was some shiftiness with the, in the other... In the other uh, that in was the, Dwayne who other, faked his score, yeah, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because right, he used right. the emulator. Okay, that's right. That's right. All right, okay. <clears throat> well... Steve says, I would encourage Steve just to leave that board behind, leave Roy behind, and only play on other Donkey Kong machines like the one at Fun Spot. Yeah. Okay? Well, Billy says to me, most importantly, if you travel to a sanctioned location like yeah. Fun Spot, that makes it official. Sure. Tomorrow, Tiger Woods could go out and shoot a 59. Big deal. Now, if he does it at Augusta, that's where it counts. Yes. <laughs> So at Augusta, so shooting a 59, which would be 20 under par or something. So apparently, oh, was this fun spot, 12, 14 that's the Augusta yeah. of arcades. So 14 under. Steve, yeah, get out of the par. Okay, yeah, get, I, don't I remember, need you right here. I, don't I, I need you right here. I'm trying to remember what Augusta is. All right, go. Steve says, it's just, I've been disappointed so many times. You just kind of throw up your hands and you're like, well, let's move on to the next thing. Well, Mr. Awesome says everything would have fell right into place, but he forgot one thing. 
that I would about me convincing Steve Weeb to be a chump. I'm talking, I'm talking Steve Weeb. Yeah. Out of chumpetizing himself. Wow. <laughs> Use that word, huh? Chumpetizing? <laughs> he made it up. Oh, boy. So uh, that's that's going in my vernacular. Yeah. Don't chumpetize me. Yeah. Going well, in the vernac. Uh, Mike Thompson's all for it. He says, Steve, you got to get out there and go kick some ass. Ah. So let's head out to Fun Spot ah. uh, in Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire. So at this point, we start hearing the Karate Kid. You're the best. Uh-huh. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. They got the young, you know, um, what do you call it? Band leader out flipping her batons. She's going to open up this week, this week's tournament or this year's tournament. And then we see a gamer on site at Fun Spot. And he says, Fun Spot has become the most recognized place in the world for those who want to set a world record on classic games. Yeah. And he just disappears. And then there's another gamer. And uh, this gamer refers to Fun Spot as the mecca of classic arcade games. And Walter says Fun Spot is the premier place where media comes to mix with the superstars. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Right. Well, according to Mark Alpagier, he says you don't see maybe a lot of DDG. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, God. If you don't know, girls who are playing the games. By the way, uh-huh. I saw one woman in this movie playing sure. video games. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're going to get to her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the world's best players of classic games are coming to do what they do best, play well. Well, coincidentally, we see a guy who does not play well at all, and they show him uh, in the parking lot, and he opens his trunk and just slams the trunk down like four or five on his thumb, times. Thumb, on his thumbs, hopefully. No, but he sets off like yeah. four car alarms cool. because he had a bad game. Yeah. Well, Brian. It's the rage inside. Brian, who I've already told you is my favorite favorite character in the film. He says, uh, recently, just a few months ago, I turned 30 and retired, and I moved here to New Hampshire, and I live close to Fun Spot. First of all, there's no 30-year-old that retires that I know of. That means that you're on Social Security. Probably, or you're disabled. Disability. disability. And he goes, I play games at Fun Spot every day now. Um, I'm, I'm going to have 10 pieces of well-done bacon. I'm going to have four hard-boiled eggs. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to have three pancakes, this and hopefully go play some great definitely games. Definitely on disability, this one. <laughs> Dude. Definitely, definitely on disability. Dude, I would shit playing a video game after 10 pieces of bacon for hard-boiled eggs. Well, your stomach's a bitch, but I'm just saying it's no, a pretty good meal. Well, I can't eat breakfast, it's, good, it's a pretty good meal. I'm just saying it's just crazy. Yeah, but that's like a, it's a fine meal. Not anything wrong with a meal. Who eats hard-boiled eggs for breakfast? Delicious. For breakfast? Sure. With bacon? Amazing. Oh, gross. Oh, come on. Well, Steve's in his garage before he gets out there, and he gets on the phone, and he's like dialing up Billy. And he gets his machine, and he goes, hey, Billy, uh, it's Steve here. Just want to see how you're doing. Uh, I hope everything's okay with you. I'm just uh, seeing what your plans are for Fun Spot. You know, Walter Day invited me out there, and I was wondering if uh, it would be cool if uh, we could maybe have a friendly competition. Well, let's go to Hollywood, uh-huh. Florida. Okay. Billy Mitchell. He says, look, I help a lot of people. Uh, who want to go to contests. Sure. When I look at different people who are my favorites, who I want to help, this woman here, uh-huh. she's at the top of the list. Right. Well, it's an older lady, and she's at her home with an arcade game, and she's so excited to see him. Her name's Doris. Doris. And she's a Cubert contender. Uh-huh. Do you remember Cubert? Yes. Okay. That square jumping thing. It's this little guy with a yeah, big with the, beak. Yeah, yeah. He's got and a circular you, nose. And it jumps. was 2D, and you yeah. would jump on like all these little triangles yeah. and try and cover them all before yep. you get to the next screen. 
Well, she's going for Qbert title. Same. She's eighty years old. Wow. Yeah, but she still sucks. I'm sure. No, no, no. She's uh. she's already like got high scores on other games. Sure, but she's made her focus Qbert. Yes. So clearly, yeah. And then back to Brian, he says, you know, we um, we have a, a Donkey Kong machine here that Funspot purchased. Uh, it's original issue year, and uh, it may be a bit tougher to play here. Uh-oh. Uh, people complain about it. Um, there's too many wild barrels. And, too many wild barrels? Yep, yep. Uh-oh. And although it's totally a random element, uh, if you're going to set a score at Funspot and set it to Donkey Kong, uh, that's where you do it because everybody knows about it. Okay. And Steve says, he's not there yet. He says, they won't give me the record. So they've urged me to come out and do it live. And I think it's cooler to do it live. And then they cut back to Brian. He says, I'm pretty, pretty amped up about Donkey Kong. Okay. Because um, I am uh, a serious contender, uh, Donkey Kong myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Fun I've, stuff. I've been trying to actually beat the score that Billy Mitchell got back in 82. <clears throat> well, meanwhile, Steve's wife's stressing. You know, she's tired of the Donkey Kong shit. I don't blame her. Uh, it's a big weekend, and uh, I really uh, hoping that this fellow shows up. Um, he'd like to tell you that he's the Don- Donkey Kong champion, and um, um, uh, the fact of the matter is, all of us have not seen him play Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Steve gets there, and he says, "No one really noticed at first. Uh, and I was kind of looking to see who I'm supposed to pay to get in the tournament. And I sign in and I've obviously recognized Robert Mirzak. He's chief referee. Okay. Uh, and I just walked over to the Donkey Kong machine and uh, started playing. Um, so Brian says, um, we have a, a, a good story. It looks like the mysterious player from the West Coast, Steve Weeb, is here Okay, playing Donkey Kong. So um Maybe I'm going to stop watching the tournament and we'll go over and see sure. see him play. <laughs> all right. So Walter shows up. He's all excited that Steve's there. And, uh, you know, he's talking to him while he's playing a game. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to divide your attention too much, but uh, is, uh, is Roy coming? And Steve says, I don't think Which so. Roy? Roy's the missile commander, Mr. Okay, awesome, Mr. who gave him the board that sure, they're all sure, stressed sure. out about. Um, he's used to calling him Mr. Awesome. Yeah. I, I apologize. Well, Walter's like, when did you last talk to Roy? And Steve's like, a couple days ago? I don't know. Well, Robert says, Steve, apparently, as I understand, is here right now to prove everyone that he's got what it takes. Okay. But you know, with Donkey Kong, it's a little random. Sure. You know, you get bad Difficult. luck. Get bad luck with a barrel? Yeah, bad barrels, dude. You know, you get bad luck with fireballs? Uh, or bad luck with the conveyor belts or mm-hmm. elevators? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is a tough machine. Sure. You know, people think that this machine is possessed. Oh, boy. Even Bill thinks it's possessed. But uh, Steve could pull off 850 or higher on the machine. That's a good score. He's like that bull or that horse, like at the rodeo that nobody wants to ride. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, Brian... He's he's on Billy's side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bill, Billy Mitchell's a champion. And I guess that makes me the prodigy. Uh, so we got prodigy against newcomer. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> you could make a comparison between um, this being an athletic event. Uh, because this, you know, is four days of alertness yeah. and paying attention. And um, not as hard as doing a decathlon or a triathlon, but it's still very, very hard. Difficult. <laughs> is it? 
Yeah, I know. I'm seriously just thinking of how what kind of yarmulke this guy wears. Well, all of a sudden we notice that Bill uh, Brian's doing a little surveillance for Billy. Billy's not there. Okay. So phone rings and uh, they show Billy on camera and he holds out his phone. And he goes, "That's Fun Spot. Wow, that's Fun Spot call- calling, calling me right now. I want you that's to quit their name. Calling me, calling. Me. Why are they calling? Hey, Brian, how you doing? Uh." Uh, uh, Billy, uh, uh, Steve, Steve Weeb walked in. So I've, I've been over at the Donkey Kong the whole time. Well, what do you think? Um, uh, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to be over his shoulder, you know? Um, all right. I'll catch you later, Brian. Well, Brian, Steve says Brian comes over and he's one of the guys that came to his house that faithful afternoon to check in on his machine. Yeah. So he's already getting bad vibes from this Brian guy. Right. So Brian says, keep in mind, he's running relays on a payphone because they didn't have fucking cell phones back then. Or yeah. at least these yeah, guys yeah. didn't. Sure. And <sighs> Billy, he's uh, he's about to pass 520 on, uh, on one man. So we we really have a memorable game here at Fun Spot. Wow. Uh, maybe I'll skip dinner and squeeze in a game and <sighs> come back with a score on there. I don't know. So this guy walks by the machine. (laughs) He goes, that ape is very, very cunning. And he will do what he needs to stop you. (laughs) Ah, God. Right. Right. Guys. Right. It's not, I mean, this is a document, this is a documentary thing. But you know what? They're like, tell me more about the possessed machine. There's nothing about it. It's all made up. It isn't though, Uh, because you can't write characters like Brian Coon. They're just naturally who they are, which make them fascinating. Yeah. And he says, I, I couldn't finish. I I couldn't get fast enough up on the left. I scored 229,000. Pretty weak game considering I've played a few already little bit of half of what steve scored and steve's up again so we see steve's score continuing to rise and billy takes doris to the airport and billy says all right we brought you to cubert doris you dedicated time to it you said you were going to give up some of your other vices in order to practice we're not going to lose we're not going to be disappointed we're going out there to win Mm-hmm. But I have one project, one thing far more important. What I need you to do is deliver this. Well, he pulls out a VHS tape, mm-hmm. and Doris is like, what is this? And he goes, this is a score that they wanted to see for a very long time, and I've held it far too long. Okay. You give it to Robert or Walter. You can lose your luggage, but you do not lose this tape. Uh-huh. I'm just doing it for the fun of it. When I do an actual score, I'll do it in person. Ooh. Doris says he is a very dangerous person. Okay. He works things out to his ends very well. This guy, well. this is crazy. What's happening here? This it's, took a turn for the worst. Billy's always You trying to tell me this is, there's no suey in this one? There's no suey. <laughs> no one's dying. No homicides? Well, I'm sure it'll be great. Let's get back to the fun spot. We are um we are really seeing uh, a great game here. That's what I call my mom's clit. <laughs> almost, um, Steve almost lost a man right there at the end of the court. He got a lucky break. Randomness went the opposite way than it usually does. And uh, Steve is still going here. Well, he's on the phone with Billy. 
uh, Steve Weeb is on his second man. He's at 696. 696. Well, Mappy champion Greg Bond's there, and he meets Steve and watches over his shoulder, and he's like, he could beat it. He's got a real shot. He's going to have to have a really good game, though. I don't think he knows the tricks that Billy knows, though, mm-hmm. but I hear he's really good at the escalator stage. Okay. Well, right now, Steve Weeb has 870,000 points on an active game of Donkey Kong. Uh, How many he, thousand? 870,000. <clears throat> wow. If he clears a few more boards, he's going to have a shot at getting to the kill screen. Wow. And as far as I know, no one has ever achieved a kill screen. Wow, really? On the Donkey Kong machine at Fun Spot. <clears throat> I love it. Well, at Fun Spot, specifically. Walter Day says, numerous classic games all have something in common. It's the end of the gameplay. And there's not enough memory for the final board. Sick. It's called the kill screen because basically there's no way to finish the level. Right. And some sort of random data or code inside the program ends up getting used for what you see on the screen. Yeah. Donkey Kong is strange. It actually lets you play for like a couple of seconds on the kill screen. And then all of a sudden, Mario just dies on you. Yeah. Well, Billy says the people who could get to a kill screen besides myself, um, now that I think about it, nobody has. Nobody has ever gone to a kill screen. He can't think. He can't. So then, how do they know it happens? Because Billy's done it. Oh, so Brian says he starts seeing the score tick up and tick up, and he's counting levels, and he knows there's only twenty two levels. I I understand. Okay, I get. I get how they know now. I get it. I get it. So he starts. He walks up to somebody and he goes, "Um, "There's like a group of people in this tournament because there's a tournament." He's like, uh, uh, if anybody wants to see, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen about to come up. Yeah. Uh, Donkey calls, uh, Kong kill screen coming up if anybody wants to watch. Uh, you got to be able to perform in the show with someone who is a contender staring right at you, staring at the game, possibly even playing mind games with you. I mean, it's part of being a champion. You have to overcome it. Uh, there's a potential Donkey Kong kill screen. Uh, do you guys want to see a kill screen? Uh-huh. He's just walking around this place. Yeah. Fucking kill, kill screen. screen kill screen. <laughs> kill yeah. screen. Out of his head. Kill screen is a pretty cool name for something. Dude. Kill uh, screen. There, I went deep on my research. Oh, boy. There is a 10-hour YouTube compilation with Brian Q just saying, there's a kill screen coming <laughs> It's a 10-hour loop of this guy just saying, if anybody wants to know, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. That's hilarious. So Brian says, this is, uh, man, he's going to have to play it perfectly. Um, He's at the hardest part of Donkey Kong, and you know, it's not going to get any easier. Well, in the middle of this madness and Brian Q's screaming kill screen everywhere, they get uh, the camera on Steve, and Steve says, I can tell you, Brian is not on my side. Wow. He's, he's Billy's disciple. Yeah. And Brian's like this. Uh, he's going to have to play it perfectly. He's at the hardest part of Donkey Kong. And, you know, it's not going to get easier. Sure. So he may have an exciting moment here or, you know, the pressure might get to him. One of those random elements might happen. It's it sounds like he just cleared another board. He literally is yeah. on camera and he hears the board. clear. So you could have a wild barrel or an aggressive fireball. I thought I was going to be the first fun spot kill screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I had fireballs trap me. Having I had a nervous ha- breakdown while it's happening. I had the hammer in my hand, and they still got me. So anything can happen at Donkey Kong. So for someone else to beat me to the kill screen, it would be a letdown. Wow, what a <laughs> bitch. 
<laughs> Let's see what bitch. happens first. Maybe he'll crack under the pressure, and maybe I'll get my chance to do it oh first. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like how he's like, <clears throat> he's trying to get as many people to come so he can like kind of yeah, pressure him a little bit. Yeah, fucking shit up. And, then on, and in the meantime, the other guy thinks that, no, he's his disciple. He's like, nah, he's trying to fuck him up. He's definitely trying to fuck him up, but he's, but he's also, also excited he's like, yeah. at the same time. So again, there's there there's a Donkey Kong kill yeah. screen likely to come up if anybody wants to see it. He Todd, if you're interested, um, there might be a Donkey Kong wow. kill screen. He's like going individually. Of, <laughs> he's going name. to everybody. So this massive crowd starts to assemble around Steve, and. Steve says, you know, I was feeling the crowd's energy. You know, yeah. I was feeling kind of like a zombie in the middle of the game. But towards the end, I got a little bit of natural rush going. The crowd, the excitement. So that boosted me and put me over the top to complete the game. The kill screen kicked wow. in. Wow! So we see Sick. the kill screen live. Wow. And at that point, Steve has a score of 985,000. 600 points. But not enough to beat the dude. He beat Billy. Billy oh. at 847. Oh, yeah. I thought so, there was a guy who did a million. Oh, yeah, the million. Never mind. Yeah, so yeah, total yeah. time, <laughs> two hours, 27 minutes. Nice. Brian's first response, kill screen kicked in. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> so <laughs> He wasn't the first. So he's now this the the fourth person known to have kill screened, wow. but only first in com- or second in competition behind Billy. But mm-hmm. he's got a higher score than Billy. So Walter comes over and he says, this is the highest Donkey Kong score done in public. And Brian's like, um, Walter Day stated this was the highest score ever done and the first kill screen achieved on Funspot's machine. Wow. Steve Weeb has become the third person, not the fourth person, excuse me, to reach uh, Donkey Kong kill screen. That sucks. Yeah. Walter's like, this is completely hard verification. You know what I mean? There's nothing stronger than having it done in front of a crowd. The process stands for itself. He did it in front of all of us, and this solves any kind of doubt that could ever have been. Well, the referee comes over and says, now you will get all the accolades you deserve, and that's just the way it is. You've certainly redeemed yourself now by coming out and playing. Well, Brian gets on the phone with Billy. And uh, anyway, Billy, I guess there was like an impromptu press conference (laughs) after the score happened. There were cameras on the game. There were cameras on Steve Weave. Um, there were cameras on the crowd looking at Steve. I didn't get an exact count of the people, Bill. Wow. Um, there were a lot of other witnesses in the crowd and people watching it. So we have a verified score on legitimate Donkey Kong machine for Steve Weave now. <laughs> Love it. So Walter says we just got off the internet. And uh, I logged into Twin Galaxies, and uh, the news story is Steve Weeb just scored 985,600 points, which is essentially recognized first place uh, on the website, and he's been announced the new world champion. Wow. We'll see what happens now with Steve putting the pressure back on Billy Mitchell. Sure. So uh, Brian hangs up with Billy, and he's like, um, he looks at the camera, and he's like, I think it it hit Billy pretty hard. Did it? Yeah. And then he looks over to the guy um, and he says, thank you for volunteering uh, your phone for this very important call. Okay. <laughs> so he got his cell phone to make that call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, wow, I can understand. Um, he probably wasn't thrilled. Brian's like, yeah. He, he said uh, now his playing uh, on the tape is submitted uh, is, is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't share that with everybody. Okay. That's what I just said. Yeah. 
So we see a shot of Doris handing over Billy's tape. Oh, no. <clears throat> well, back, we're now going to go back to Brian Q's cabin near Fun Spot. Because okay. remember, Brian Quiz retired and yeah, moved yeah. up to Fun Spot. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. This place is a shithole. So he didn't retire too well. Right. So uh, they're all in a room eating Domino's pizza. And Brian gets on the phone with Billy. He's like, well, we've got everybody on the uh, invitation only list, Billy. And uh, Walter's here. We're just kind of telling jokes and having fun. Billy, uh, who's there? Like Todd and Dwayne, they're there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what I mean is it's probably a good idea if I say hi to Todd. Okay. Brian. Brian's like, actually, <laughs> would you believe he's in the middle of a ladybug? game right now wow. Billy. <laughs> i don't think we want to interrupt todd um we have a ladybug cabaret going right now in the cabin and todd's got a big score <laughs> okay so i don't know what the fuck that means a ladybug cabaret neither, neither do i <laughs> so uh billy's like could you just get walter on the phone and greg he walks out outside outside of the cabin he says a couple hours ago you know we're at fun spot and brian q said that billy had her delivery for us at the cabin so oh brian q uh you know, he's like a really good friend of Billy. He talks to him all the time. And he said, everybody's going to want to see what's on the tape. So Billy Mitchell's on the phone and he says, uh, Brian Q is there. Uh, okay, Walter, he knows everything to do with the tape. He knows how to guard the tape with his life. I explained to him he could lose his life, but he can't lose the tape. Okay. <laughs> so back to fun spot the very next day. Walter, uh, who wants to hear the announcement? So even in Florida... The long arm of Billy Mitchell has reached here to Fun Spot to cause even more interesting developments. Oh, no. So they set up this TV and they turn it sideways. Okay. And they put the tape in. And Walter says, now we're going to start on this TV screen. And the videotape is essentially going to tell us if Steve Weeb or Brian Q or anybody else can also beat the score on that tape by about 4 o'clock tomorrow. And we'll give them $10,000 if they do. And this is Billy's money. Wow. He's offering a $10,000 bounty on the score that you're about to see on this tape. Wow. So Sick. they play the tape and the cameras are on the screen. And they're like, no one's going to want to miss this moment. We're at 998200 This is Billy's tape he submitted. Yeah. Uh, Billy, every eye, every eye is on the tape right now. We just passed nine hundred ninety-eight thousand two hundred. Everybody's looking. Uh, cameras clear. Um, <laughs> we're not going to miss this for anything, Billy. Uh, I don't think there's any distraction that can pull everyone away from the TV right okay. now. Oh, look at that! With the bonus, we have our first million point scored in Donkey Kong. And Billy, it just clicked over. It reset to zero. Wow! So we have six zeros across the board. Wow! This place is going nuts. Steve Weeb had the record and couldn't hold on to it for more than 12 hours. Wow. Okay. So Steve's like, Billy sold the show and he's not even here. Yeah. It's kind of the, you know, I, he's at a loss for words. Sure. And Walter's like, we have a new world record. It's a million 47,200 points. It's the highest score any of us have ever seen. Wow. Uh, and Billy's like, uh, I don't know. I suppose is Walter going to go to the office to that computer now? Uh, and just put, put Walter on the phone. Yeah. Uh, hey, Billy, what's going on? Yeah, it's, it's all pretty wonderful here. And uh, then Walter says, Billy's probably the closest person to being a Jedi oh, God. than any other player. And he refers to it with humor as Obi-Wan Kenobi people. Sure. 
Uh, and we, he was playing in a game, so he didn't see all this go down. And he says, so can I see Billy's tape, Brian? Would Billy mind if I saw it? And Brian's like, no, 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 I can't show you, show you the tape. That was a one play only, a one play only. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Roy Mr. Awesome Schilt says, Steve Weeby not having the opportunity to view everything that Billy Mitchell does. I mean, Billy Mitchell plays a huge advantage here. So Billy Mitchell gets to watch Steve's record-winning tapes, and he's got a competitive advantage to see Steve's technique. And then Walter says, when the man said, I want to see your papers, well, Obi-Wan goes, you don't need to see the papers. Yeah. And suddenly the guy says, oh, go on. I don't need to see your papers. So he gets back on the phone with Billy, and he says, let me ask you this, because I want to make sure we're understanding everything correctly. Are you officially submitting this score? And Mark Alpiger, he says, you saw the tape, you know, which is, it's a a copy, obviously, because he's not going to send us the master. Sure. He's going to send the master to Rob McKurzik, who's the chief referee for later verification. And Rob says, I try to promote Twin Galaxies as integrity above all, uh, and I will do so to my dying breath. And if a gamer knowingly cheats or tries to pull anything past us, we'll make sure that score is not recognized. So again, Walter's on the phone with Billy, and um, he says, Robert was noting uh, that the tape jumped a little bit there. Oh, boy. From score to score. Uh, how did that happen? Well, we see this happen. oh It looks sketchy as fuck. Really? You see the tape just jump, and it's all, like, garbled, and it's a massive jump. Really? Yes. And... How much... Wow. Walter's like, oh, so that's just a copy, Billy. That's kind of why... That's probably why that's doing it. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's, like, beyond egregious. It's yeah, not even yeah. a good attempt. And Walter's like, oh, that's why it's blurry on the left side. How, huh, Billy? Mm. Uh, well, well, you kept impressing on us that you were going to submit it. And uh, Robert says, did he cheat? Did they pause the game after, you know, load up for the purpose of using flying a race head to reload the game? Um, I'm going to be look flying a race head. Yeah, huh? he goes, I'm going to be looking at that flying a race head. Yeah. I'm like, this is another fucking language. Yeah, we're no talking about at either. this point. And Mark says this tape may be done in a week, a week and a half. It's going to take some time. So 10 minutes after Billy's tape is shown, uh, Walter gets on the phone with Billy, and he says, we're going to accept your score. I'll go put it on the website right now. And Brian follows him in and watches him upload it, and uh, he says, Billy Mitchell's been upgraded. Wow. We're, we're officially submitting this score. So um, it's a really big deal. And at this point, Doris, she gives up on Cubert, packs it in, and heads across the street to the uh, bingo hall. Nice. She said Good enough. for her. So anyway... <laughs> Obviously, Steve is let down. So Steve passed by this wall of heroes yeah. with their pictures. Are they? <laughs> is it now? I figure imagine. And he's dreamed about having his picture on that wall. Mm-hmm. And he knows he was about to have it. But? But Billy s- s- stole his thunder. Stole his thunder, dude. Well, Steve's got to pack it up, too. Because he was trying for another attempt, and he gets killed. Yeah, and he says right on the barrels. It's kind of ironic that that's how he went. You know, he was the guy that pushed for all these live scores all the time, and here I'm at Fun Spot busting my ass to get a live score, and he just submits tape scores now. Yeah, right. and then he beats the record. Well, they call Billy Mitchell on the phone, and Billy picks up the phone. 
World Record Quarters. Oh, world, God. world Record Headquarters. How can I help you? Uh, so that's Billy. Yeah, in yeah. Nutshell. And Nicole, Steve's wife's pissed. She's uh. like, you know, if this score, this Donkey Kong defines Billy Mitchell, then why can't he find the time to come to Fun Spot? Steve did. Steve's right. got a job. Steve has a family. Steve has kids. True. Why can't Billy? You know, at this point, we see Steve crying. No, he's a man Sad. crying. Yeah, over a video game. Yeah, and he says, "If I were to break a million, he wanted to maybe show that you know I've already done it because nobody knows that I've done it too." Well, let's flash forward nine months later. Steve's back in Redmond, and uh, he says, "You know, I don't really think about it too much. You know, the controversy. I kind of let it go." Since I went to Fun Spot, I did my best. I got my score up. I've been busy at school, working 12 to 14 hours, prepping these classes and grading. And uh, I'm, I'm there till eight every night. Yeah. So they check in with Walter. And this is where the film kind of takes a little detour. They get a little personal. Great. And uh, Walter's sitting in a car with a guitar on his lap. He says, a lot of my songs are like big rock songs mm-hmm. with lots of guitars and lots of layers of vocals. Here's one called Three Lies. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to sing this to you guys in the midst of this cold summer day. This is who I really am. Oh, no. I'm some guy who's supposed to be an artist who is up there being wild and crazy. Didn't I tell you, 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 you never thought to lie? Because I'm... I'm being Mr. Scorekeeper, and I've been doing this for 25 years. Yeah. So there's no automation that gets turned on. Well, yes. And the reason for this and that, and the reason for this is, you know, now I'm ready. I'm ready to let it go. Okay. Two lies or more plenty, but three lies. Too many. Get through this shit. Two, three, two, three, three, too many. I'll probably be saying goodbye, love. It's the most awkward shot. I He's imagine. literally in the front seat of a guitar having a fucking nervous breakdown sure. about how he started keeping the course for these fucking losers and he can't do it anymore. <laughs> he wants to go on the road and be a fucking guitar. <laughs> singing coffee shops. And it's ruined his fucking life. Oh my god! Meanwhile, they show him pictures of like fixing up a fixer up her house. Like yeah. that's his fucking job. That's his real fucking yeah. job now. He's a fixer upper, dude. Oh man, this has been sad. No matter how many people get involved in this, it's still my child because it came out of my psyche, you know. Mm-hmm. But still, the others are more attached to it, and they believe they need it more. Part of the reason I'm still here doing this is for them to help them get <laughs> <laughs> the benefits of this happiness. Cool. So that it could go on and continue to benefit people because it's in such a place that I don't have to do Twin Galaxies, but I really would like to see and have closure. Boy, it got cold. My fingers are cold. Oh, my God. It's too much. It's fucking so bizarre. It's poor, and, poor guy. Yeah. He's a fucking loser. Let's get back, let's get back to Billy. Be doing do. an interview with Billy. And Billy says, I often have people ask what my handle is, what my initials oh, are. Oh, yeah. I mean, come Ass. on. Come on. 
I tell people, look at me. What do you think my initials are? Mm-hmm. What is it? The guy, the guy who's doing the interview is shrugging his shoulders. And Billy says, if you don't know, you're not looking hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls on his necktie. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, uh, tie? The flag? USA? Pack. Billy, USA. USA. Because I played with Latin people and Canadian friends. Oh, wow. And I always had to keep the Americans on top. That's right. It's a good idea. USA, baby, always on top. Oh, look, it's Billy's call sign. <laughs> Billy was here. Good news. We got we got incoming news from the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, Craig Glenday, who works at uh, uh, Guinness Book of World Records, he calls Walter, leaves him a message. And, uh, you know, he's like, dude, um, we need your help. Um, we've got people asking us to publish all these records and we don't have anybody to provide this information. And, uh, we just, you know, we found you guys and, um, it's a godsend. So you're going to be our official, uh, asset for, uh, delivering Guinness book of world records to us. And, um, you know, Walter's like, this is a big day for twin galaxies. You know, um, it's, it's history, you know? We're going to be the official scorekeepers for Guinness. And Billy says, when you want to put a score up and you want to have the title of world champion, you're competing against everybody in the world. You want a title for your living room? Man, I'll send you that title. Your own arcade? Man, I'll sign it and make up a paper and I'll send you a plaque. You want your name in the book of uh, Guinness and Twin Galaxies corroborating that score? Then you have to earn it. Mm -hmm. I have to earn it. There's a lot of scores I've gotten and when the time comes and the pressure is that hard, I'll have to do it in a public forum, as I always have. Right. So now the interviewers, they go back to Steve. And uh, Steve's licking his wounds. It's been, a, been a long nine months. And they say, what if I was uh, to tell you, Steve, that uh, the Book of World Records has asked Twin Galaxies to provide six to ten classic scores for their 2007 edition? Steve, hmm. is that truthful? Deadline's April 20th. Is that true? Because I better get practicing. Uh huh. Time for a little Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, fucking Survivor. They throw that in there. (laughs) So he says the only thing to do is to go somewhere and break the 1,047,000 live. Wow. That'd be the only way to do it for sure, you know? Yep. There would be no getting screwed over. I've got kicked around like the dog for so long. I don't trust referees. He's going to go do it. And Walter says, this is the contest that gets him into the Guinness Book of World Records. And this is what inspires these guys. And Steve says, my skills are good. I'm feeling at the top of my game. And uh, Steve Sanders says, I'd love to see Bill defend his title against Steve Weeb head-to-head. That'd be great. It really is about (sighs) head-to-head competition. Yeah. And Steve says, you know, I got one of my students. He's kind of one of the tougher ones. And he says, when are you going to go kick that guy's ass? And I go, watch your language. Huh. And I said, I'm going soon. That's <laughs> stupid. Sometimes I can't believe I'm reading this shit. So Steve says, if anyone's going to break a classic arcade game record, they're going to have to come prepared. And, um, you know, Steve calls up Walter and he says, you know, what's this deal? Are we going head to head here? Because Billy's always been an advocate of live scores. And uh, now he's Mr. Videotape. And, uh, you know, 
I mean, to win is like so important, but to blatantly do things that are against the rules and you know in your heart that you did it correctly and get credit for it, you know, what kind of what kind of satisfaction is that? I don't see any. And then Mike Thompson, Steve's friend, says, in Billy Mitchell's interesting world, Roy Schilt is his nemesis, and he has restraining orders against him. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's by association that Steve is his disciple. So Steve says, I just need one favor from you. I know it's after all you've done for me, he's on the phone with Roy. I need you to let me let me do this by myself. Okay. You know, I got to go all in and I can't have you as a backbone this time. I got to attack this by myself. And sure enough, Steve mom bakes him a cake. Oh, for the, you know, for the send off. And it says, good luck, Steve in Donkey Kong on the cake. Wow. So Steve's daughter, they're on their way uh, to the airport. Okay. And um, she's sitting in the car with him and uh, you know, they're talking and uh, she says, I never knew that the Guinness World Book uh, was so important. And Steve says, the Guinness, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people Guinness. read that book. <clears throat> and his daughter says, some people sort of ruin their lives to be in there. Dad. Wow. Which is the most prophetic line of the entire film. Seriously. And, you know, Walter, he says, you got to remember, this is the biggest rivalry out there. You've got Yankees, Red Sox. You've got Maris Mantle. I guess. Heckle and Jekyll. Yep. And we got Weeby and Mitchell. Yep. Um, Stevie and Weeby. <laughs> by the way, Maris and Mantle weren't a rivalry. They were teammates. Okay. Just something I noticed. So Steve's mom, uh, daughter, and of course his wife get him to the airport. And uh, he makes a call. Hey, Billy. This is Steve Weeb. I really think we need to settle this thing. May the best man win. So we'll be seeing you next week. And then Steve says, you know what? He knows I'm going to be there. It's just a skip away. Hop, skip, and a jump from his house. So there's really no excuse for him to not be there. And then he pulls out a copy of how to win at Donkey Kong and says, never leave home without it. Awesome. And then they head off to Hollywood, Florida <clears throat> for the Guinness tournament and the site of Billy's hometown. Yeah. And with that, we will conclude today's episode. All right. And we will give you the wrap-up and tons of more fun information on episode 50 of Down on the Docks. Yeah. So, Dave, why don't you go ahead and uh, let us, our listeners, know how grateful that we are for their support. Uh, the listeners, grateful for their support, we are. We want them to write reviews. So go on there, either to iTunes, write a five-star review, say how much you hate me. Or you can go on to Spotify, and you can do it by episode, but uh, we encourage you to do it by episode. Yep, and welcome new you know member... What? Uh, share this with a friend. Share it with a friend. And welcome to new member Man of Damned on the Discord. He's putting in a lot of quality work in there, as well as, as, well as Delirious Biscuit. Yep. And thanks, as always, to Broccoli Farms for your continued support. Uh, guys, we'll see you next week for episode 50, and we'll wrap it up. See you then.